0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 63 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and I'm joined once again by Denise. What's <sighs> that? Venable?
0: Why I do believe so.
1: Yeah, that's right. I adopted her.
0: <laughs> no, That's not what you told our friends and family.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta put on a show, right? Right. <laughs> anyway, um, sorry we haven't been uh, with you for a while, but uh, we were off in uh, Jamaica, month.
0: Jamaica, that's no right. problem.
1: Nope, no problems only situations. That's, that's right. That's what they told us anyway. <laughs> So anyway, we're uh, we have a little bit of a Jamaican hangover. You might. I do, yeah. I
0: learned my lesson. It's been
1: been tough getting back into real life, but in real life we are, and one of the uh, the pluses of real life is some uh, podcasting. So nice. It's one of the upsides. One of the downsides of me going to work. Yeah. (laughs) But um, anyway, we're here to give you a um, supersized. A uh, spectacular October episode.
0: So we're gonna apologize up front.
1: Yeah, any banging around. Um, Max uh, cut his leg out pretty good last night.
0: Yes, Max. He uh... had to go
1: get stitches. Max, the wonder dog. Yeah. Um, and so he has a big cone on his head, and he's been bumping into all the furniture.
0: <laughs> yeah, he. There's a reason why his nickname is the darth dog of destruction because yes.
1: his other nickname is dumbass
0: yeah he's kind of like a bull in the china shop only he hurts himself right. a
1: lot
0: <laughs> so he's he hasn't but quite figured out him. how to walk with the cone
1: no he is not he's the buff-
0: cone of shame
1: is <laughs> what the vet said yeah
0: cone of shame
1: the cone of shame but anyway we got a lot going on uh we have Some more Wolverine Killable. We have the end of Astonishing X-Men. We have a big uh, Battle of the atoms Spectacular. We'll actually be covering five parts in this episode. Whoa. Yeah. For your
0: favorite adult beverage.
1: Right, right. So with that said, let's go ahead and get to it, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Okay, so first up, we have Wolverine number 10. This is Killable, part three of six.
0: It's named after what I think should happen to the series.
1: <laughs> I thought you were past all that.
0: Eh, reading it just brought it up. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Well, anyway, this is uh, written by Paul Cornell. Penciled by Alan Davis. Eat by Mark Farmer. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth. letters by VCs Corey Pettit.
0: Woohoo! VCs <laughs> Corey Pettit.
1: <laughs> and the covers by Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, and Jason Keith.
0: You know I just like the way it sounds.
1: Yes, I know. Okay. Anyway, so on the cover, we have a post-it note with some handwriting.
0: That's a huge-ass post-it note, okay, babe. So
1: it's more of a, a note, I guess. A regular note. And it says, the Wolverine dies tonight.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: And on top of that, we have a bandaged hand. Of course, the Wolverine's been bandaged. Uh, kind of the blood marks where his claws come out. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty, pretty nice touch. So what do you think of this cover?
0: I like the layering.
1: With the debris and the rubble.
0: Yeah, on top of the note, and the note has blood on it. Right. And you there, you can kind of see behind the text, there's like, Wolverine's got some scratches on him.
1: Yeah, yeah, on his arm. Mm-hmm. Kind of above the title bar there. In
0: fact, let me see your printed copy. I'm always curious. Yeah, I, I prefer your printed copy than the iPad cover. The iPad cover's a little too bright for, okay. I think, the emotion it's trying to evoke. Right. Whereas your printed one it's very um, it's more macabre to FYI.
1: Yeah. I think I think it's a great cover. I like it quite a bit. I don't think the Wolverine's gonna die tonight, but um other than that, I think I think it's pretty nice. Alright. So we start off with Wolverine and Kenny Pride riding in Montana on Interstate fifteen. And they're on motorbikes. And
0: did we leave off right here? Or do I feel like I've missed something because so it's, much time has passed. I
1: think it's just time. Um, we left okay. off where Kitty and Wolverine were getting ready to go find his sword. Okay. So we didn't see them leave yet, but they were getting ready to.
0: Gotcha.
1: Because remember when they fought uh, Batroc, or Batroc the Weaver? Sure. Remember the acrobatic guy with oh, the, with the yes. twirling mustache?
0: The guy who I thought was very um, effeminate.
1: Yes. So anyway, Wolverine and Kenny Pryde are on a uh, motorcycle, and Kenny Pride's talking about how uh, somber Wolverine has been, and basically says that, you know, how she expected him to change when he got his memories back, but how it's been a really slow, steady, subtle change. And then this is kind of a new change with losing his healing factor. And she comments on how she thinks Wolverine keeps expecting her to say something about him now wearing a helmet. If you notice, Wolverine on her motorcycle. On a motorcycle, on a motor, on a motor bike, and he does have a helmet, and of course it's because he can't be as reckless as he used to be.
0: Aww, poor Wolby. So,
1: anyway, I couldn't help but notice Wolverine's helmet looks a little bit like the Michigan football helmet. Oh yeah. Yeah, and what is the Michigan mascot?
0: A Wolverine.
1: That's right. So I don't know. I mean, it also matches his costume, like with the stripes and the colors. But so it may be completely coincidence, but.
0: No, I'd like to think that it was a little hidden yeah, inside yeah. joke.
1: I think so. But um, anyway, so they're riding along, and um, suddenly Wolverine's bike flips. And before he can hit the ground, Kitty dives off of her bike and grabs him and phases them both into the road. Then some uh, douchebag in a suit comes up. His name is Fiber.
0: And he needs a manicure.
1: Yeah, he has little hairs growing out of his fingernails, and I okay. guess he can shoot them.
0: I have to say, this is probably one of the grossest mutant powers I've ever I seen. I don't know
1: if he's a mutant or not. I don't... If I've ever seen this guy, I don't remember. I've li- wiped him out of my memory. I think his power set's also pretty lame. I mean, it's he, gross. I mean, he shoots little fibers, and he says he's a master of acupuncture, I they could have left that part out. But he shoots Wolverine with little needles out of his fingernails.
0: He has like the Don Johnson suit. He
1: you does know, kind of look like uh, Miami Vice.
0: Yes. <laughs> Give him a hot pink tie.
1: Right. Well, it can be. It's faded colors.
0: I mean, he's it's got the like tell. five o'clock shadow with the like slick back hair.
1: Right. And this. Yeah. Yeah. Very Miami Vice. I don't know. If that makes me like him more or less.
0: <laughs> makes me think he's even more douchey. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, and then he uh, disappears in some purple bubbles. Right before Kitty can attack him. And so apparently he didn't hit any major organs. The no, idea, he's an
0: acupuncturist.
1: Actuar- ac- yeah, acupuncturist.
0: He knows yeah. what to hit and not hit. So
1: anyway, anyway, Wolverine thinks the idea is just to remind him that he can hurt. He wasn't there to take Wolverine out just to serve as a reminder of what's waiting down the road.
0: No, it's because he's such a douchebag. He can't even do anything right. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> Maybe so. And Kenny says, I won't call the X-Men like he requested, but I want to talk to Fury. Maybe they've done something with the virus. Maybe there's a cure. We switch back to the Garnica Bar in New York City, where experts in superpowers hang out, according to the heading. And they basically talk about... They
0: have no superpowers, but they like to hang out at the bar. And
1: talk about superpowers. Yeah, they write about them. They're experts.
0: And what makes them experts?
1: Uh, history, I guess. Their okay. knowledge.
0: That's gonna be my next career. I, I'm gonna be an expert in superhero powers.
1: Okay. Right, anyway, nothing really happens there. Um,
0: <laughs> they literally just bullshit back and forth. That this little.
1: No, they talk about the virus, uh, antivirus field. Right. And no, they can't give it to everybody
0: because it would cause mass hysteria. Yes,
1: yeah, so and it's too expensive.
0: So in other words, it was a page to explain why they're not doing something. (laughs) Yeah, pretty
1: much. Why we've written them out of the plot.
0: (laughs) That's
1: right. All right, so then we bump over to the S.H.I.E.L.D. Helicarrier, and Maria Hill and Nick Fury are um, talking to, what's her name? Host. Host, yeah. And basically saying, we don't really, can't really trust her. We're, We're amping up her powers, but what choice do we have? And Nick Fury wants to know if she can heal Wolverine. And she says, no, the virus could go in. And what did she say? The virus altered the telomeres on every chromosome in Logan's body.
0: Is that a real thing?
1: I think so, but it's stupid. That, he was doing so... Cornell was doing so good. He kind of left the virus alone and let me forget how Wolverine lost his healing factor. Then he's got to go and try to over-explain it again. And now I'm just annoyed again.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's... His way of explaining that only the virus can cure Wolverine, right. like they're you, they're not going to pull something out of their ass later right. and cure him. Again, another page to explain away a theory.
1: <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, so they're basically just saying that Wolverine, she can't heal Wolverine. Either she destroys the virus. In fact, she might not want to destroy the virus because only they can fix Wolverine.
0: Yeah. Again, right. another flushable.
1: Yeah. So then I don't know. I think it's. it's I think you need to know that.
0: I think you need to know it too, but I just kind of feel like, okay, an entire page dedicated to tell me that I can't come up with that theory.
1: (laughs) All right, maybe so. So then we switched back. uh, Now Wolverine and Kitty are in Alberta, Canada.
0: Checking Facebook.
1: Yep, when they can't. No reception. Can you hear me now?
0: No checking in with K Pride.
1: Right. Yeah, at K Pride and at Logan Snick or whatever. So then they, we come to find out they're coming to Logan's birthplace, and it's supposed to be a big old farm. They come over the hill, and it's a strip mall. Damn.
0: (laughs) Evolution. And
1: Kenny's worried about Logan, that he's going to be upset. She says, it doesn't matter if your early memories are good or, like in Logan's case, horrific. Oh, and that one word pretty much sums up all he's told me of them. But they're still what you're built on. So she's worried that Logan's going to be, like, off balance or disappointed or or sad. But he kind of smiles. He's like, yeah, probably an improvement. Anyway, look at all those cars. No virus apocalypse. And they decide if it's a trap, they got to get everybody out. Because it's Wolverine's deal and not anybody else. So he walks up to a security camera.
0: Flashes a business card.
1: Yes, it says Avengers. Oh my goodness. Because you obviously can't just make that at home.
0: <laughs> and because you randomly wear leotards and right. run around.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But Kitty basically tells Wolverine again that they're walking in this trap. They know it's a trap. And Wolverine doesn't need to keep trying to prove himself. And then some security guards show up. They're not sure whether Wolverine's really in an Avenger.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're not they're not really buying the, the, the business card. card. Yeah, the business card. And he says the Wolverine name. and Kitty Yeah. Right. <laughs> in Magic Marker. Yeah. With Iron Man crossed out. Yeah. and <laughs> you know, Wolverine and Kitty basically explained to the security guards they need to get everybody out and they decide they're gonna go talk about themselves and figure it out. So Wolverine finds the location of where the sword should be. Kenny phases through the, the storage locker door. Kind of reminds me of uh, Storage Wars. Yes. Yeah.
0: Brandy and her husband are going to pop out. <laughs> right. I'll give you $200 for that locker, not a penny more. Right. Damn it.
1: And so anyway, a few moments <laughs> later, Kenny phases inside and then unlocks it. And Wolverine goes in, and it's like a little mini-museum of local antiquities. And we see a painting of the Howlett Estate, where Wolverine grew up. And then we see a photograph of little Logan and Rose O'Hara, Aww. the first redhead he ever fell in love with.
0: How do we know she has red hair? It's a black-white and photo.
1: Oh, uh, if you read Origin, Oh, you know she has red hair. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of tinted kind of ready.
0: Kind of. Yeah. He doesn't look happy though. No, he
1: doesn't. He wasn't. Wolverine stabbed her on accident, and killed her. Oh. When he when he when his claws came out for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> His bone claws. <laughs> no. But anyway, uh, Wolverine killed her accidentally. And Kitty's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then Wolverine kind of starts to have like a pity party. Everybody I know dies. Ugh. Ugh. The security guard comes in and is like, there's nothing going on here. You mutants are just stirring up trouble. Maybe bring in your own fight in here. Huh? Huh? Muties?
0: Is this the first time we ever hear this Oh, no, word?
1: no, no, no. Oh, okay. Now we've had mutis since early X-Men.
0: Oh, that's a horrid word.
1: It's it's slang, kind of uh, derogatory.
0: Yeah, it's horrid.
1: Well, mutants don't like being called. I don't
0: think I'm going to allow that word in the house.
1: (laughs) Whatever, mutie. Muggle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, kind of the same concept. It's blood. It's a down down talking word. Anyway, Wolverine surprised because the cop pokes him pretty hard, and actually kind of hurts his chest.
0: weenie
1: but you would think with the adamantium sternum it wouldn't matter but whatever anyway
0: and the like thick latex suit right he's becoming a weenie
1: yeah he was also in the middle of a penny party so
0: it took him by surprise
1: yeah anyway a note falls out of the sky uh-oh and wolverine opens it and it says from the cover the wolverine dies tonight
0: Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, then
1: the lights go out. Actually, really, I really like this cover because everything's black silhouette, but we have the badge on the cop and his hat are still gold-like shining. And then we get a really cool thing where we see Wolverine's eyes and his teeth in a black shadow. And he looks
0: like Batman.
1: Yeah, kind of, but it still looks pretty awesome. Yeah. And Wolverine's like, "You get it now, get out of here. And then, uh-oh, the place goes on lockdown.
0: Nobody can get out.
1: Then we see some ninjas skirting around and... Wolverine kind of, um, in, a, in a bit of comic book logic, says, This feels like ninja tactics. So you know who that's going to be? The 13 ninjas, Saber 2's hand. And if
0: he's around, then <laughs> maybe Mystique, Mystique or is or Lord here.
1: Deathstrike or the Silver Samurai without his amputated hand. But I do like how they're tying this all together, though. Because you have the 13 ninja from uh, Wolverine Japan's Most Wanted. Right. And Saber 2 is kind of that. That's the first time I think that's kind of identified as a name of his part of the hand. And so we kind of have that uh, come over to the, the regular series. So I like that part a lot. And, you know, Silver Samurai could have just gotten a better cybernetic. He kind of made a rough on-the-fly hand, but he could have made a real one. Uh-huh. But you know, like we Skywalker. Right. Yeah. Anyway, they decide they're, they're going to get attacked by some ninjas. Then we go back to the helicarrier and an agent comes into Maria Hill and Nick Fury and pulls up a little hologram of the world and says the virus...
0: Is spreading.
1: Yeah. Uh, basically...
0: It's going to take over the world in half an hour.
1: So we in this flash page of everybody gasping at this hologram of the world. Oh! <gasps> And we see the virus all over the planet. We're talking global distribution, worldwide conquest in the next half hour. To me, it's
0: faster than a zombie apocalypse.
1: Yeah. I won't lie. Um, I thought we were further along than part three.
0: <laughs> I did too.
1: But anyway, um, so what do you think of part three? What are your kind of overall general, like what do you think of the art?
0: The art, I thought was great.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, Alan Davis delivers again.
0: I think the story, I feel like there were a few pages here and there just to sort of shoot down any theories you might come up with. Or sort well, of... just
1: to give you an little nuggets of answers, yeah.
0: Well, I don't really think feel like it was an answer. It was more like, no, don't go down this path, because guess what? It, uh, you, that's not what we're thinking.
1: Yeah, it was an anti-answer.
0: <laughs> an anti-answer. And then yeah. the rest I kind of felt like was just filler.
1: It wasn't super exciting. I like the part.
0: I feel like they're setting us up for something.
1: Yes. I like kind of the road trip of Kitty and Wolverine. And that's cool because I've always liked their partnership. I like that Wolverine was wearing a helmet on his motorcycle. Right. Uh, That was a nice touch. Thought Fiber was stupid. That was kind of funny. The whole like strip mall where Wolverine's ancestral home was
0: yeah i think the note's stupid though
1: the note was dumb because I, I mean what if you're gonna it ninja kill drop someone it
0: out? yeah if you're gonna kill someone are you really gonna give them a heads up
1: i, mean, I guess i'm trying to show kind of mystique's attitude or whatever but yeah it's kind of silly and i like the idea of we're gonna finally kind of get ready for our showdown here so that part was cool yeah uh overall grade
0: and we're doing six claws yep
1: six claws
0: i'll give it four
1: I'm also going to give it four out of six claws. Cool. Let's get on with the episode. Okay. So next up we have a twofer. Twofer? Two for the price of one. Well, actually, no. I paid full price for both issues. But um, two for one on the podcast with Savage Wolverine. Nice. Numbers nine and ten. So this issue is about Wolverine uh, painting his claws.
0: You're just saying that because I literally just painted my fingernails. Yes. But I did paint them a pretty Wolverine blood color.
1: Yeah, that kind of matched the cover of uh, issue number nine you we're about to talk about. Yeah, so, I did it all for the podcast. All for the podcast. Dedication right there.
0: I did it all for the podcast.
1: What? What? <laughs> no, really, what are you talking about? <laughs>
0: What is it? Limp biscuit. I did yes, it all for no, the I, Nikki. I I know. <laughs> this coming from the person who sent me a screenshot that says today is sleep with the drummer day.
1: It is. And guess what? I'm a drummer.
0: <laughs> I'll give you some more sheets tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you won't hog them all. That's right. Okay.
0: It's sleep with a drummer. Yeah. Just sleep.
1: Anyway, what, what was I gonna say?
0: You were gonna drink more wine.
1: Well, I'm always gonna do that. What was I gonna say though?
0: Um, crap, I forgot. You're a drummer.
1: Anyway, so Savage, woman, oh, people who make the rimshot noise don't count as drummers. <laughs> so don't don't go out and claim you get sleep with a drummer night if you're just gonna say a bunch of crappy jokes and go, boom, psh.
0: Oh, boom, boom, psh. Yeah. Well, actually, it won't matter because tonight is sleep with a drummer night. And by the time the people hear this... Oh, uh, that's true. Sleep of the drummer night will be over. Yes, it will. So you missed out. Yeah. Sorry. I'm going
1: to edit that part about the rim shots out anyway. Okay. It was really stupid.
0: <laughs> I think for all the times that I ask you to edit stuff out and you tell me that you're not going to, I think you need to leave that in there.
1: <laughs> we'll see. That is the glory of being the editor.
0: And production. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, Savage Wolverine number nine and ten. I do believe they're making up for lost time on a... Slow Mad, <laughs> which was a really good arc. You can go back and listen to our reviews and previous episodes if you want. So, they did double ship Savage Wolverine this month in October, and we got the beginning of a three part arc by Jock. Jock. And I, when I talked about it coming up, I had said I wasn't sure if Jock was drawing and writing, but he is. He is also writing this arc. As so far he's as
0: pulling a twofer or double duty.
1: Yes, yes. And as far as I know, I've never written. Uh, I have no time. I've never written a comic book. In high school, I wrote one that I drew on notebook paper, but that doesn't really count. And my stupid boss at J.C. Penney threw it in the dumpster. I brought it up there to show a co-worker, and he threw it away while I was on break.
0: Why wasn't it in your locker?
1: No, it was in my office.
0: You had an office at J.C. Penney
1: when I was. Uh, Superior Stock Boy, number one, yeah.
0: Superior Stock Boy? (laughs) Yeah. Is that really a title?
1: (laughs) I don't know. But no, he was... he, He picked that day to clean out the offices. And it was in an unmarked binder. And he... You went in the trash.
0: I'm just smiling. No one can see me. I'm just looking lovingly at right. him and smiling.
1: I mean, it's okay. It was just a, a post-apocalyptic X-Men ripoff anyway. Oh. I had a guy, I think out. So, a guy named Badger.
0: His name was Badger? And Badger. Was his first name Bucky?
1: No. But he had two claws that came out of his hand. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was pretty much just Wolverine. <laughs> and then I had a guy that was he- a, a cross between Yoda and Professor X.
0: So he had big ears and he sat in a wheelchair.
1: No, no, but he was, he was old and diminutive in nature, but he was also the guy who gathered everybody, and he was really smart, and he had psychic powers like Professor X. Okay. I actually feel like I had a good twist, but I'm not going to say what it was.
0: No, you should keep that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, go back to that someday. Obviously, making a little less X-Mini. Yeah. But I think there were some good concepts, so who knows? But anyway... Why are we talking about that?
2: <laughs> because, oh, uh, <laughs> because I
1: made a mistake in my speech. All right. So I meant to say, I don't think I've ever read anything that Jock has written before. Okay. So I'm not even sure. I, I looked at his Wikipedia real fast. I'm not even sure. This might be one of the first things he's written for one of the big two, being Marvel or DC. Oh,
0: so so he's like, This is his newbieism.
1: I think so. I mean, he's done art. And I really liked his art. Uh, He did a run on Detective Comics with Scott Snyder that I thought was really, really good. So, but we'll talk more about our art opinions later. Anyway, yeah, so this is the first two parts of his three-part art. Real fast, I'm going to double-check. He's double-checking, folks. So, number nine is Written and Art by Jock with Colors by Lee... Luffridge and the covers are by Jock. Okay. Now the difference number nine is a lettered by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo!
0: VCs Corey Pettit.
1: <laughs> and number ten is a lettered by VCs Chris Eliopoulos.
0: That one's not as fun to say. Oh, it is to me. Oh, sorry, I'm- Chris Eliop. What? I can't oh my goodness.
1: You it <laughs> anyway, close to Greece. You should be able to do this, Eliopoulos.
0: Eliopolis. There you go. All right. I still like V.C. Scorry, and better.
1: So let's talk about the cover, to number nine. It is pretty abstract, colorful drawing of some kind of red landscape with a big, white, pinkish moon, and then two shadowy silhouettes in the background.
0: I thought it was Mars at first.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Because it's all red. Alright, so what do you think of this cover?
0: Okay, so I know you said this is the first time he jock drew
1: no no he's oh. always been an artist okay this, this is his first major writing gig
0: okay i so think if,
1: if wikipedia was right
0: i'm gonna let out a little spoiler if i can
1: i don't know oh, oh no all right go ahead what do you what do you think of the cover what do you, i was really excited to know that jock was going to draw this arc
0: okay well i've never seen anything that jock has drawn right i'll have to say he's my new favorite
1: Really? I am that totally
0: good? digging okay, his style. I'm
1: kind of surprised with that. Well, now, yeah, hang now, on, Don't get me wrong. I like him a lot.
0: There's a disclaimer. You ready for my disclaimer?
1: Yeah. Asterisk?
0: Asterisk? I'm curious if it's because they're on a planet. I want to see more of his stuff.
1: Okay, well, after I get all my comics over to the house, I want you to read some of his detective, which is Batman stuff.
0: Okay. First of
1: all, Scott Snyder is one of my favorite writers and those two together were amazing.
0: Well, because my here's my thing, I was totally loving this guy's art, like soaking every little like line, everything. Okay. And when I got done, I thought this guy is flipping fabulous. I love him. And then I got concerned well do i love him because his style fits the story
1: well but that is important it is Uh, important if you listen to my segments about uncanny avengers daniel acuna who's doing the current arc about the apocalypse twins Uh like i like his art overall right but he's like he's just perfect for this current storyline and i've kind of i've said that over and over again but i won't won't dwell on it. But, but yeah, there is definitely situations where good artists on the right stories become great. Well, and great artists become like, fall down and I'm not worthy on the right stories.
0: Well, and, and it's kind of like with what I do. I mean, I get a project in one of the first questions I ask is, what is the client looking for and which artist can I pair him up with? Right. Because I, I'm not going to put some fluffy illustrator on... Some project that requires very <laughs> overly masculine.
1: Right, and to put the conversation in context, remind our listeners that uh, Denise is a creative director at an ad agency, so she assigns workouts to different I'm Don artists.
0: Draper, but get paid like Peggy.
1: She's Don Draper without all the infidelity. That's right. At least you better be.
0: And, and alcoholism, <laughs> as I drink yeah. my glass no, of wine.
1: Yeah, we don't drink that much. We both still have our livers. Yes. Which I'm pretty sure that's how the next season's going to end. You're going to see the liver burst out of the side of his stomach and run away.
0: Oh, I, I've a already little carto- figured
1: out. A little, the last episode is a little cartoon liver just going to jump out of him and run off.
0: Oh, no. I've already like in my head planned out how the last episode of Mad Men ends. And it ends with Don Draper in the future. And he has like seven sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> his nose is pickled from all of the right. the alcohol. And somewhere along the line, yeah, his liver goes into failure.
1: Right, right. Well, anyway, um, Savage Wolverine number nine. Oh,
0: yeah, back to the comic. So
1: you love his art. He might be your new favorite. What do you think of this cover in particular?
0: Quite honestly, like, if we didn't have all the art that hangs in our house, I might actually hang this in the
1: house. Really? Yeah, I just. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was expecting.
0: You expect me to trash it?
1: No, not to trash it, but I thought I might have to kind of win you over a little bit. Like, I don't know.
0: No, but this is like my style of drawing. Like, I like things that are sketchy and rough. and Yeah, abstract. You're right. So, I don't know. And on top of all that, I love watercolor. So, this has a very... you think that's what he's using? Um, There's parts in here that I questioned if he was using marker or if he was using watercolor. I was
1: wondering if he was coloring it digitally or not.
0: Um, there are some things that make me think there's a bit of digital in this, Right. but there's also some stuff that makes me think that he possibly, um, I don't know, on one of the pages, I'd have to look at your printed copy on one of the pages. There's like a halftone pattern,
1: right? Well, and and so, there's, there's a red halftone in there. Yeah. Um, so I'm
0: not a hundred percent sure. Cause you know, design programs nowadays can do
1: stuff that looks, that yeah, emulates watercolor. Yeah, A lot of the coloring there's halftone in yeah, yeah but.
0: so he's either using watercolor or he's so proficient in his design programs that he can emulate watercolor. Okay. But whether it's watercolor or emulated watercolor, I'm digging it.
1: I think it looks cool, definitely. So, All right, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into the story. Um, all right, so basically, we have Wolverine on the outside of a spaceship in a spacesuit. Looks like Mr. Freeze. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And basically, they knock him off of the spaceship. And he goes through the atmosphere. The suit burns up. He kind of burns up a little bit. And he basically falls to the planet and blacks out. He wakes up. And he's on a strange planet a long way from home. And, he, of course, he looks around. And the planet is all reddish brown. so Kind of like Mars a little bit. Then we see him like in a makeshift tent when he are first nicked. And he cuts the ground and it bleeds.
0: Found this interesting. Yeah. Although I had a Star Wars moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. When they're in the.
0: Inside in the, 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 the.
1: Yeah, which always makes me now think of the family guy.
0: Wait yeah. a minute. <laughs>
1: Hold on just a second. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. 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 <laughs> then he finds some, like, angry starfish. And he, as he's finding them, it turns out that um, the ground is alive. ooh. ooh. And I don't mean the hills are aligned with the sound of music. I mean...
0: He's on a ginormous insect.
1: Yeah, a ginormous hairy insect. <laughs> it's definitely gross looking. And it definitely yeah. looks cool. Like The design is nice.
0: I think I would freak out I'm if glad I realized it was on I was a, on it.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I'm glad it's on a two-page spread. Yeah. So this whole time, we think that we have a black narration box. And we think that there's people who are talking to Wolverine.
0: Oh, I didn't get that.
1: Oh, it really?
0: I kind of... Well... I went back and forth. The first thing I thought was it was Wolverine talking to himself. Okay. And then I realized he's not talking to himself, so I wasn't quite 100% sure what was going on. But at some point I did realize that nobody's talking to him.
1: Right. So anyway, he kills the caterpillar, and uh, we find out that the black voice are some spacemen talking to a little boy. And basically all the stuff they said about Wolverine being by himself on the planet it wasn't Wolverine. They were talking to this boy. And they sent him out on the planet to hunt Wolverine. Which A I boy. thought,
0: yeah, was and interesting. They're in
1: spacesuits and armor. And they send this kid out to hunt Wolverine.
0: Okay, so now, I'm not sure if it's the way this kid is drawn in this panel.
1: You know about the one where he sniffs?
0: Uh, no. Oh. Th- that uh, one. The one
1: with the shadow over his face?
0: Yeah, and I... I've gone before and looked. So if you look at the kid's face, it looks like he has scratches on his face.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can't tell if that's just Jock's line work or if he's trying to say like there's scars or scratches.
0: Well, okay. So my first thought was, what happened to the kid's face? Like that was one of my first questions. And then I thought, well, maybe it's just his way of drawing. And so, but I notice the kid has them. There's a little bit in every panel. So I'm wondering if it's scarring.
1: I will say kind of my only detraction about Jock's art is the kid doesn't look the same to me the whole time.
0: No, he does change. But I think that's because he's trying to give him all these like emotions. harsh shadows yeah. and emotions. And it in that kind of style of drawing, it's hard.
1: Right. So this kid, um, he finds Wolverine or Wolverine finds him and the kid gets really mad and he he says he's not scared of wolverine which makes wolverine kind of laugh chuckle a little bit he says look kid i'm tired i'm starving i haven't had a beer in what might as well be years dial it down a bit huh and he
0: looks like rastafarian yeah he does right
1: so let's let's go ahead and get to that part what do you think about the way jock draws wolverine's hair Okay, so... And it's pretty different.
0: Yes. It's almost like he gave him a m- mohawk, like half his head is shaved. Right. But, but then there's
1: some parts like this panel back here where he's fighting the starfish. The points of his hair are really, really angular. Well, and in another... And sharp. Panel, but then sometimes they're like just laying down.
0: Well, and in another panel somewhere, it looks like there's braids in his hair.
1: Um,
0: it may be in issue 10.
1: No, I think it's this one where he's smiling. Um, where he said he looks Rastafarian.
0: No, because there's one. I'll try and keep an eye out for it. Yeah, okay. I think it's on number 10. But it looks like he has braids in his hair. And it just, it kind of cracked me up. Maybe it's because we just got back from Jamaica. Right. And I, I wanted know. to go. When he, I kind of read to myself when he says, look, I haven't had a beer and whatever. But it's no problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Wolverine asks the kid where they are. And he says, he doesn't say, I don't know. He says, I'm... Not supposed to tell you, and Wolverine's like, "Let's cut the BS." <laughs> he basically, Wolverine basically explains where he's been. He's like, "I've been kidnapped, dumped on this planet, and um, I smell bad." Just what? Yeah, had to fight off some kind of giant, ugly caterpillar, and um, the kid says they will track him. They wanted him to find Wolverine.
0: But the kid doesn't know who they are
1: or who Wolverine is, and Wolverine's like, "What? Who sent you?" And I do says, like how
0: Wolverine has like fangs.
1: Yeah, I do too. His canines are very pronounced. Yes. But the kid says basically in this issue that they heard him and his friends, but they promised to be found Wolverine they'd make him feel better.
0: Which is bizarre to me.
1: Right. But then the kid says, not all the kids are alike, that he was special, the same as Wolverine.
0: Makes me wonder if the kid's a clone.
1: Okay, well, let's not get too far ahead Oh, so. sorry. We'll talk about our theories in a minute. But he says, they said I'm the same as you. And Wolverine, with his face all in shadow and his claws out, says, somehow I doubt that, kid. And then the kid says, they're from Earth. And that gets Wolverine's attention. And he said, they made us all like you. And Wolverine's like, no one is like me, kid. And he says, but we are. And they said, they said this could save us. And he gives them a little test tube or a canister an injector, or something. An Like yeah. an
0: EpiPen. Yeah.
1: So, to me, continued. Okay. Of course. So, we'll talk about the overall story. Do you want to do both grades at the end, or you want to go ahead and grade this one?
0: Uh, let's grade this one.
1: Okay.
0: Oh, I go first.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. Ladies first.
0: Oh, what a gentleman. Yes. Um,
1: I'm a gentleman podcaster.
0: <laughs> okay. So, I love the art.
1: Yes. I love the art too.
0: Again, not sure if it's because of the, the back, the setup and location of where they are which is making me love it maybe more, maybe...
1: The the rough style definitely fits, for sure. Yes.
0: Um, I was a little confused at first. In fact, I was kind of confused halfway. So, how many pages is that to the end? One, two, three. Yeah. I was thoroughly confused until about three pages in, or three pages till the end. And then I got enough snippets to kind of figure out what has happened. Okay. I was going to give this one about five claws, just based on the art.
1: So you're going to give number nine five out of six claws? Yes. Okay. I, it's funny, I'm actually going to give number nine three out of six claws.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: thought the art was fantastic. I love jock. I, before I read number 10, I, I don't know what it was about the story but i felt like it was supposed to be really intriguing and i don't know what was missing for me but i didn't when i put it down i really didn't the mystery of it didn't consume me
0: do you think it's because you know more and
1: i don't think so i just something
0: because i will say not knowing there's something
1: missing in the writing style or or something i just
0: i did think it was really short like it went really
1: really fast
0: yeah, like, I, I got to the page where it says to be continued, and I was like, oh, that's it.
1: Right, yeah, and it read really fast. I don't know, I just, to this point, just, like, just through number nine. And, of course, I read number nine before we left, before we got married.
0: Oh, so so this is pre-wedding. So, I
1: had a lot of space between the two to kind of mull over number nine. But the thing is, I didn't really, like, it didn't, I don't know, it didn't, all over it didn't marinate i mean because nothing about it really story-wise because i mean all right so there's all these mysteries there's like what's going on with the planet right who are these people in the spacesuits are we
0: swapping roles right now
1: i think a little bit yeah Who are these people in the spacesuits who's the kid uh is is that wolverine dna in the tube um are these kids supposed to be clones? Are they kids that, like just had DNA injected, like mixed? Are they human? Because the other people said they're from Earth, and this kid acted like that was a strange place. Maybe he wasn't born on Earth, right? Are they humans that escaped from Earth? Where? Where are we in? Like, when is this happening? There's a lot of questions that need answers, and it's not like like I guess we're not really switching roles. You're normally like, where are the answers, damn it? Where's I wasn't really like, where are the answers? I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then I kinda of forgot about it until we got number ten. So none of the none of the mysteries I don't know, it just it just it didn't really draw me in. See I guess But I thought the art was great. So the art's like two claws by itself and I'll give another claw for the story.
0: Because I guess in my mind the art drew me in so much. Okay. That I almost not that I ignored the story because I did think the story was a little short, and I but I'm also giving the story a little bit of leeway because I don't know what preceded all of this. So right. the whole because even when after I read them, I asked you. So this is I'm this is obviously in the future and Earth doesn't exist.
1: Okay, you're getting ahead of us, but yeah.
0: Okay, but I'm just saying. After I read nine, that was my first question. I guess I gave it more leeway because I didn't know what preceded it, so I just sort of read right. it like with a, a really well, I don't either, though, double I rainbow mean, open mind.
1: I mean, we don't know like where the story comes from, so I don't know. All right, anyway, All right, So she gives Denise gives number nine five out of six claws. I give it three out of six. All right, so number ten. What do you think about this cover? It's a very abstract cover of Wolverine's face and a lot of shadow and in the shadow are like stars, like space. Love this. I thought it was really good too. I won't lie, when I saw the um
0: The like coming up next cover.
1: Yeah, I guess I just kinda of glanced at it really fast and didn't really notice the stars. My first thought was, What kind of cover is that? I also thought it was interesting that it said on sale in November and it came out in October.
0: And well, timing. It, I it mean, just the last day early.
1: of October, but still.
0: Yeah.
1: But anyway, but no, but actually like getting the cover in my hands, I liked it a lot. I liked the abstract part of it. And I liked the space and stars and his shadow. I thought this, it looked cool.
0: This is one of the few covers I've seen that actually had a concept. I like, don't know
1: about that, but...
0: okay. They all have a concept as far as like, we're going to show Wolverine dying or whatever. Yeah, uh,
1: you seem to see more covers, I think.
0: I don't know. This one to me was just so artistically beautiful.
1: No, it's really good.
0: And I felt like the concept was more hidden instead of so obvious as a lot of the covers that I've seen up to this point.
1: So, anyway, now the planet is red or yellow and dusty. And Wolverine's kind of talking about Captain America. About how, you know, he was suspended animation, frozen in the in the frozen sea. Okay,
0: so that's who Cap is. Yes. Okay, I was like, is that his dad? What the oh, hell? Oh,
1: uh, yeah, Cap is Captain America. Okay. All right. And Wolverine said he used to envy the fact that the world passed by Captain America, but Captain America just woke up and everything was different. And so in a way, he's kind of immortal, but he wasn't conscious that whole time. Wolverine's actually like had to see all his friends grow old and die like a couple of times over. But he said, no, really, it's it's kind of all the same. It's there. He says, turns out we were both wrong. It's the small stuff that keeps you going.
0: So a little side note. I, looking at 10. Yeah, I think this was done all digitally. Okay. Some of these brush strokes in the front right here look like an illustrator brushstroke. Okay.
1: In the sandstorm. So now Wolverine's carrying this uh, this tube,
0: the EpiPen. <laughs>
1: yeah. So he says he's uh, the small stuff is what he's going to go home to as soon as he figures out how and who's trying to stop him. Um, so the people in the black voice say the kid's been out there too long. He's not used to the environment. We need to go save him. So Wolverine starts questioning the kid. They he just says they said they're from Earth. I don't know what Earth people look like, but they sort of look like you. It's interesting because he didn't say they sort of look like me, too. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this kid was changed to look like this. See, that's what I was kind of
2: Oh. I don't
1: know. Maybe he wasn't. I just thought it was weird that he pointed out the Earthmen look like you. Right? Not we look the same, but I'm not from Earth.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So anyway, he said, and then he said, they wanted to make us all like you, but all I remember is black and pain. Is that how all Earth people feel? It took so long before I felt okay again. And basically the people told him that Wolverine was the missing link. They're the last ones from Earth. They stayed after everyone left. And then he says he was the only one that survived. But he doesn't say what, what he survived. Whether he survived what the people did.
0: Okay, well, saying there's black and pain, do you think they, they coded the boy skeleton animate? a adamantium?
1: I don't know. Possibly.
0: Because this is going to sound bad because I'm referencing a movie and not a comic book but in one of the Wolverine movies there's a girl who has an adamantium skeleton and couldn't she sense Wolverine because he had adamantium? Uh,
1: She didn't have a skeleton. She had um, Nails. Yeah. Lady Deathstrike.
0: Yeah. But couldn't she sense wolverine because she had animate did she
1: sense him i don't know i don't remember
0: i don't remember either
1: i can go back and in about 40 more episodes we'll do a commentary on x2 and i'll tell you okay <laughs> um but he said he was the only one that survived but they made hundreds more after him
0: so clones yeah
1: that's what it kind of sounds like and wolverine's like more what more of me and how they know I was here doesn't make any sense. And the kid says, we're connected now. That's how I found you. I can sense you, which is what you were getting at. Right. Um, he goes, I smell pretty bad too, kid. Like, <laughs> can't miss me. <laughs> but then the ship shows up and the kid gets just peed his pants scared. And um, the RoboCop spacemen find him and Wolverine We get a snick as he sticks his claw into the ship. He throws the kid on board The guard's like, huh? And Wolverine grabs the guard by the foot and throws him off. And he gets in, and all the guards are like, "Uh uh-oh. And they said they got the serum back. Just FYI, uh, this panel of Wolverine from the inside of the ship, right outside the door, is awesome. Yeah. And they basically say, one of the guys says, what are you worried about? This guy doesn't stand a chance. And that's where we get to see Wolverine's eyes. In an awesome spaghetti western shot, which I also thought was really cool, because on the second page he references the theater he loves that shows westerns. Yes. Once a week. In Houston. I think he said on. I thought it said in Houston first, but going back, I think it says on Houston, which would oh. be Houston Street in New York, which the Yankees would say is Houston.
0: Oh, Excuse me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but it's so we he the guy says in this order, this guy doesn't stand a chance. Wolverine's eyes. Slash, crack, rip, skits, thud, and RoboCop pieces flying everywhere. I kind of like the cartoony, like, you see the result of the action, but not the action. It's kind of humorous.
0: Like, uh, Adam West Batman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Of, yeah, Scooby-Doo, definitely. Uh, or Looney Tunes. Yeah. Where you see, like, dust flying and debris um and then you see wolverine on top of like just a pile of these guys and he picks one he starts to dig his claws into the helmet he says who are you what do you want with me tell me Then we get gonna and that's pretty brutal you see where the helmet is split in half but you also see three claw marks through the guy's head right, not deep enough to kill him right but deep enough he's gonna have scars and he's bleeding all over the place yeah and he knows who Wolverine is. He says,
0: Logan. His eyes are glowing.
1: His eyes are definitely white. Yeah. And that throws Wolverine off. But then the kid kind of snaps him back in reality when he yells at him. And the kid tells Wolverine to just go. Without you, they've got nothing. And the guy's like, that's what you think, kid. And the door shuts. And Wolverine's like, well, I'll get him. But then they... They escape in an escape pod. <laughs> raise says, always with the escape pods. And this part's awesome. You see his like, bloody knuckles. He's got blood, their blood, all over his face. Yeah. And he says, if you think I can't find you, you got another thing coming. Bub. And then he hears uh, Countdown, Project Sequence 4, initiating termination. So the building's going to blow up. You're like, oh, for... You got to be kidding So he runs. And I like the countdown in the big squares.
0: Yeah, I do too. I
1: thought it was really cool. And he finds an airlock. And right as it's about to explode, he opens the airlock. And these panels are really cool. And the coloring is really good on them yeah. too. So uh, that's uh, Luff right? Yeah, he did a really good job. And we get a hiss. This panel where he's in the airlock and his opening is also really cool. It's all in red. And then you see like his claws like, coming kind of towards you as he's kind of blown out the ship. And he basically shoots himself out through the airlock and the ship blows up behind him. And I think this ship explosion kind of propels him towards the other escape pod. Yeah. Or he shot himself. That kind of reminded me of uh, the last Star Trek movie where they tried, where Todd uh, yes. and Kirk go out the airlock and try to shoot into the opposite airlock. Yes. Yeah. So basically Wolverine la- shoots himself onto the escape pod. I love it because you hear the thunk. And a shrang, and the pilot looks up, and the kid just smiles and says, You're, You're in, in trouble, trouble now. now. <laughs> and the guard's like, You shut your mouth. He's dead. Then you hear a pang, shrang, And the kid's like, Told you. And then we have one of, probably my favorite panel of both issues. This is my favorite. And it's a really dark blue tent and Wolverine's kind of, You can't tell if he's fried, or...
0: He looks like he's a zombie.
1: definitely just beat to shit, regardless. Yeah. When he's landed on the escape pod. The guard looks out, and there's the night sky behind him, and he's just crouched up, and he's, he's growling, and he's got his claws out, and the guard's like, oh, crap. Then <laughs> Wolverine stabs the guard through the windshield, which I thought was awesome. But then the uh, escape pod uh, crashes, and Wolverine gets thrown about, because he's still outside of it. He didn't have a seatbelt on. And he gets up, and he sees what looks like a bunch of people in test tubes. He's like, what the hell? And to be concluded all right so what do you think about this one I thought the art was possibly even better than nine I agree I, I they're both really good but I thought 10 stepped it up and if 11 steps it up steps it up again we're in trouble <laughs> yeah
0: no I thoroughly enjoyed this art and you know when I read nine it was like I love this art when I read 10 it was like this is my favorite. <laughs> I just, the, the art was amazing. And that final panel where Wolverine's standing on the the ship.
1: Yeah, just third, third or fourth page from the end.
0: Yeah, it's one of my faves.
1: Yeah, it's really cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I thought the storyline was more intriguing than in nine. I,
1: I agree with that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think they've left you off. I don't know about you, but for me, leaving ending where he finds all these test tubes is a good ending. Yeah. Because it leaves you that, whoa, well, um, and it makes you curious for the next one. Right. Whereas, yeah, nine, it kind of ended and you were like, okay.
1: Maybe, maybe that's what I didn't get in nine. I feel like I got a little bit more of in ten. was a little more oof to the characters. that made the story feel more important. It made it feel like it mattered more in number ten to me. Okay. Anyway. Um, I like number ten a lot. In fact, I'm gonna give it a pretty strong four out of six claws.
0: Whoa, just four?
1: I'm still, I'm still not super excited to find out what's going on with the kid.
0: Okay, I'll. That's fair.
1: The hook, the hook's not all the way in me yet. Okay. I mean, he'll either be a Wolverine clone or he won't. <laughs> I don't really care that much.
0: I'm trying to decide because my original rating was higher. Oh no, high. Well, yeah, but I'm just wondering if it's higher because I'm so in love with the art.
1: That's fine if it is. I thought the art was great.
0: Okay. The but, art
1: is almost all of my score.
0: Well, okay. <laughs> then, okay, so this would make sense. If I split up my claws.
1: You don't it, have to split it.
0: It would get three claws for art and not three claws, meaning it was bad, but like. If, if one hand is
1: art and you had all three claws out.
0: Right. And the other was story. It would have two. So it would be five right. out of six claws. You have another five. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think you're definitely digging this a little more than me. Yeah. Which is fine. That's that's normally the opposite. So that's probably good. It's good for the podcast.
0: That's right.
1: All right. But to recap, so Denise gave nine and ten of Savage Wolverine, both five out of six claws. Snake I gave number nine three out of six claws and gave number ten four out of six claws. Okay. So next up, we have our uh, Battle of the Atom Extravaganza. Is that all you got? So i guess
0: that's original
1: there was an exclamation point on it in your very
0: monotone voice there was an <laughs> exclamation point on it
1: that was my exclamation point
0: wow i think we need to get you some more beer <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway um battle of the atom of course uh is over now <laughs> and we're gonna talk about the last five issues we're gonna and junk them all together. Of course, remember the Battle of the Atom is celebrating the 50th anniversary of the X-Men. Oh, is it? Yeah, pretty big deal. Uh, X-Men number one came out in September of 63.
0: Okay, so then I guess my little harp over the fact that it confused me when they spread them over different actual comics frustrated me. I should give them a break.
1: Well That's what crosso- crossovers are all about, babe.
0: Yeah, it was just confusing.
1: It's only confusing because you read them on the iPad. Out of order? You, out of order. If you have them in a nice stack, it's not confusing at all. Well, somebody
0: didn't give me their stack.
1: You could have got it. You know where my stash is. <laughs> it's under my mattress.
0: Oh, man. Most
1: kids hide porn. I hide X-Men.
0: <laughs> is that why... One side of the bed's lopsided.
1: Yeah. No, it's just a princess and the pee.
0: Oh, uh, I'm the princess.
1: Yeah, and I pee. <laughs> oh God.
0: <laughs> this conversation is going downhill very quickly. Yeah,
1: that's how we roll. Yeah. And how shit rolls downhill.
0: <laughs> is that why I always feel like poop at the end of the day?
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Anyways, the Battle of the Atom is, um, yes, it's uh, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the X-Men. It's a pretty big deal and a pretty big story.
0: Happy over the hill, X-Men.
1: Yeah, way over the hill. Wolverine turns 40 next year. Oh. Yeah, so keep your ears peeled for podcast-related stuff on that as we get into 2014.
0: Happy birthday, Wolverine.
1: Not yet.
0: Not yet. Coming
1: up. All right, so I will give a disclaimer.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Disclaim away. Disclaim away. So regardless of your opinion, and you will shortly hear our opinions, it is the 50th birthday, and this, this series, for better or for worse, is a pretty big deal. Like epic? Pretty epic, yeah. At least tried to be pretty epic, yeah. We'll okay. talk about how we feel about that one way or the other. But um, But that said... Or with that said, we're because we're doing five parts at once, just because of the way everything worked out schedule wise.
0: Oh, just admitted we went, we got married, we, we got went married, to Jamaica. We got married, we went to
1: Jamaica, and didn't read the damn comic the whole time.
0: He even asked, "Do you want to read this before the wedding?" No. <laughs> Sorry, guys.
1: Yeah, and that's fine. But anyway, all what I'm what I'm trying to get around to is I'm going to say up front that I know. As big of a deal as this is, we're not gonna be able to give it
0: the credence.
1: All it's due necessarily. Okay. Like, I'm not gonna fly through them, but we're gonna go at a nice pace.
0: I wrote my synopses.
1: Yes, I did too.
0: Mine are about a page long. Each
1: issue, huh? Okay. Yeah. Each yeah. issue
0: is about a page. So anyway,
1: um, it won't be a short segment by any means, by any stretch of the imagination, but. You know, normally, like, if we had done these kind of as they came out, we'd probably spend 20, 30 minutes an issue. That's probably not going to happen.
0: No, <laughs> it's not going to happen.
1: Because we don't have... What would that be? If, it, if We need half an hour, eight, one hour, two and a half hours. Yeah.
0: I wouldn't go to bed. I'd go straight to working out.
1: That's longer than a normal whole episode. So yeah. So that's my disclaimer. We will do our best to highlight and, if necessary, low light the issues and then we'll kind of talk about our overall experience, and of course, this is um Denise's we have uh, popped her uh, comic event cherry on this one, so did we? yes, your first like cross big crossover oh, okay, right?
0: I guess so. I think yeah. so.
1: yeah, so we're talking about how uh, and I
0: didn't feel a thing
1: <laughs> all right, so um. <laughs> Wow.
0: Good thing it came in its own wrapper.
1: (laughs) Now I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. (laughs) Let's move on. Okay. Yes, let's move on. So we're going to do parts 6 through 10 of Battle of the Atom. And that covers a whole lot of comics. The first comic it will cover is all new X-Men number 17. This is part 6. It is written by Brian Michael Bendis with pencils by Stuart Eminem, EAT by Wade Van Graviger, colors by Marte... This says Garcia, but I know it's Garcia. Letters by V.C.'s Corey Pettit. Woohoo, hoo V.C.'s Corey And the Pennant. cover is by Ed McGuinness, Dexter Vines, and Marte Garcia, which they got right on the cover credit, but not on the inside credit. That's weird. Um, huh? They spelled Garcia wrong, on the colorist, and then spelt Gracia right on the cover. The same person. Oops. Oops. Not a big deal. I mean, maybe it is to Marte. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs>
0: don't know. gonna get
1: fired. Anyway, so what do you think about this cover from Ed McGuinness? We have the the last g- group of future X-Men we saw at the end of Part Five, and they're all together.
0: Yeah. Who's the chick in the like stripy? cloak.
1: We'll have to read the issue and we'll find out. We don't know yet.
0: Oh, okay. I, I thought this was a very traditional comic book cover. Yeah, it's
1: kind of a group shot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I thought the colors and the art were pretty, but there wasn't anything that made me go, ooh.
1: No, I, I thought it was a good cover. I like McGinnis a lot. And yeah, the, the art's good, the colors are good, but you're right. It's just kind of a standard team pose. Alright, so... We start off in the future, and Dazzler gets elected the first mutant president. But on the eve of election, she is assassinated by monsters? (laughs) Kind of gives uh, credence to the whole, what what is it, time-traveling Nazi tigers that killed JFK? Isn't that one of the old uh, crazy theories? Yes. Yeah. All right, so then we go more future. And Magic, and Young Beast, and Young Iceman, of course, at the end of Part 5, they arrived at the future Jean Grey School of Learning, and they meet more X-Men who, surprise, surprise, insist they go home. (laughs) Colossus Back to their own time. Colossus and Magic reunite, even if not in the right timeline. And I guess they've kind of made up a little bit. They seem pretty happy to see each other. Of course, this Colossus has a lot of time to, for healing. Because remember, Magic and Colossus, or Colossus especially, is really pissed at Magic over the whole Phoenix 5 AVX thing. So we'll, just, we'll leave it at that for now. Okay. Um, all right, but if these are the real future X Men, then who was that that went back to the present?
0: Uh-oh. We
1: have nothing to do with them, is the pat answer these future X-Men give. And uh, Magic asks why. Or I think it was Magic. So one of the three asks why. And then we get a flashback that they don't see, but we as a reader get to see. And we go back to Dazzler's assassination. And we basically, we read where a uh, beast has lost all hope. I actually wanted to read a little bit of this because I thought it was... um pretty telling of his character when colossus and ice wizard come up and they they tell beast they need to go there's nothing left for us to do the beast looks up and he says they hate us they will always hate us no matter what we do they hunt and destroy us and we keep tricking ourselves into thinking that this time this time it will be different but it's never different two steps forward seven steps back we're fools you're absolute fools. And Mustachio and Colossus says, we'll find who did this. We'll find them. And Beast says, and then what? So basically Beast is, in the future, is kind of completely given up. Yeah. He's, he's, he's seen enough, been through enough. He's, he's feel like they've tried everything. And even when they finally win, they lose. So he, he's done. And that kind of informs what's going on with the beast that went back to the present right so that was pretty important but of course the future x-men won't tell the past present (laughs) x-men this information there's a brief skirmish quentin choir phoenix offers to throw young beast into the sun and solve all the problems (laughs) and the future x-men decide they will vote so our uncanny X-Men come home to their secret school where the future real X-Men show up with Bobby and Beast from the past and Magic from the present.
0: Yes, I think I
1: followed that. All right. So uh, there are a couple of things I wanted to point out that weren't really important to this story or just kind of just my opinion. Um, Dazzler for president, ugh.
0: Well, A, I didn't know her, so... And she seemed yeah. very disinterested in wanting to be president. Right. Which is actually quite hilarious.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the deal. All right, so here's a little a little history on Bendis. Bendis, kind of his M.O., is he always takes one or two, like, D-list characters and actually makes them interesting and good characters. That's kind of how good of a writer he is. And so in Uncanny X-Men, the other X-Men book he's doing, Dazzler is kind of the character he's picked. Because Dazzler was introduced, and we're actually pretty close to that issue in uh, the flashback episodes, but she's introduced as a roller skating, disco era mutant, and her power is she can shoot bright lights. I've never liked her.
0: That is a very corny yeah. power to have.
1: Yeah, she's ridiculous. And I've never been a fan, and to see her as like somehow important enough to be president, didn't really like that. But she had nice future shoes. Yes, she did. <laughs> right. And I also was wondering in this first double splash or double spread page spread where they're trying to talk Dazzler into being president, Kate Pride looks just like 80s Rogue. Does. Then I got exciting because we had Dead Dazzler. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I thought it was cool that her. Did you uh,
0: see his shirt dazzle us?
1: Oh, nice. That's <laughs> ridiculous. And then I thought um it was really cool that Multiple Man was the security detail. So was, when they right, Jamie Madrox. And they're like they're trying to check in on the security. They're like, Madrox, Madrox, Madrox is he's the same guy, he's he looks like he's in like nine different places. Right. That's multiple man. He can make like copies of himself.
0: Oh.
1: So I thought it was cool that he was like the security detail. That was an interesting take. Then I was surprised because I really thought when she got a, in that frame when she got assassinated that was the Phoenix. Oh yeah! I can instead see of just that. instead of just monster fire.
0: Monster fire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then someone calls uh, the X Men from the future. His name will be a Sentinel X. Someone calls him not Iron Man, and I thought that was really funny. I'm not gonna say we started that in college. But we were the first group of friends that we knew that said that. We had a friend, Andrew. We had another guy. I won't say his name because he ended up being a pretty cool guy. But he was like, on first blush, he was kind of like a second-rate Andrew. Like, he kind of copied some of Andrew's stuff. Got Andrew's girlfriend on the rebound.
0: Nice. And so
1: we started calling him Not Andrew. And that was kind of the first time I ever heard anybody use that as a nickname and i've heard it off and on since then i think uh how i met your mother they say it a lot yeah uh, stuff but anyway i thought it was really funny and it made me always makes me laugh when i hear it now so i'm then calling him not iron man i really enjoyed that and then um wrote something i can't read here oh someone one of the x-men says something about needing a flow chart and i thought exactly yes right so anything you want to point out before we talk about the issue overall?
0: No, it did give me a lot of questions.
1: Yeah. Um
0: Just because I don't, I didn't know you. You actually informed me that Jubilee was a vampire.
1: Yes. Yeah. All right. So all right. So let's talk about what who this future X Men team is, or do we get that yet?
0: You don't get that yet.
1: Okay. Then I wait.
0: Yeah. But it was kind of like I knew that Jean Grey had at some point been a Phoenix. So the fact that Quentin Quire was a phoenix I thought was weird because I thought mutants don't have the same...
1: Well, the phoenix isn't a mutant power, though. The phoenix is a cosmic entity. Oh. And it usually possesses mutants. And it's, it's kind of always had an attraction to telepaths. So since Quentin Quire has some of the same similar powers as Gene, it makes sense. And also since he's an Omega-level mutant. okay. So... Yeah, actually, and since he's one of my favorite new mutants, I thought it was cool that he was still around in the Phoenix. So, uh, since we don't really know who they all are yet, what were your initial thoughts on this future real X-Men team?
0: I needed a flowchart. <laughs> I I really did start to get lost yeah. with X-Men from the past, present X-Men, X-Men from the future who aren't X. Men, but the other real X-Men are here, but they don't want to be here, but right. they want to get. Yeah. I can see
1: that. Well, my kind of opinion was we'll wait and read the X ex- next issue and see. Okay. Right, I thought they looked cool, but I couldn't really, really know who they all were yet or what the deal yeah. was. So. so I thought the story and the art were both great.
0: Yeah, I thought the art was great. The story individually. I think some are stronger than others. I felt like this one was trying to set you up. So I kind of felt like, not that there wasn't much of a story, but they were just giving me little pieces so that I could figure things out later on.
1: Yeah. uh, Okay. I can see that.
0: Because I don't know who Dazzler is, and I don't know.
1: Right. But I thought, I don't know. I thought that whole part, you didn't know who she was. Just the fact that she was a mutant president. Right. And then kind of the heartache and stuff that went into that scene. I thought gave a lot of gravitas to kind of a peek at the purpose and motives of these other X Men that went back to the present. So Okay. So that that in and of itself was enough. So but anyway, all right. Well so what'd you grade this one?
0: Oh gosh, this is hard. Um I'm gonna give it four out of six claws. Okay. Um, three of those claws go to art and two go to the storyline.
1: And one just goes away somewhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's cool. All right. It's
0: like my half Z on both sides. That's
1: fine. Yeah. All right. So Denise gives all new X-Men number 17, four out of six claws. Um, I'm going to give it six out of six claws. I thought like this story is really, uh, starting to take off and I'm super excited to see where it goes. And speaking of where it goes, it goes to X-Men number 7.
2: Woohoo!
1: Can I to the credits while you're doing that? Yes, please. Okay. It's written by Brian Wood. Art, or I'm sorry, penciled by David Lopez. Inks by Cam Smith and Terry Pallet, or Pallot, I'm not sure. Um, colors, Laura Martin and Matt Mia. Letters, VCs, Joe Caramagna. And the cover, again, by Edmund Guinness and Marte Garcia. I thought this cover was really, really cool. It's basically everything in a red tent. We have Wolverine laying on the ground. let he's dying.
0: Well, it's his blood.
1: Yeah, his blood and some black stuff.
0: Well, I think the black is just the floor. Oh, but it's, what not, I...
1: it's not from when the Beverly Hillbillies shot the ground? No. Oh, okay.
0: That, that's in Beverly Hills. They're somewhere else. <laughs> okay. No, but I like the shadows of, like, yeah. the people standing around him, like, staring at him.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That's why you love me. <laughs> that is. Anyway, yeah, I think it's an awesome cover. I liked it a lot. One of my favorite of the event so far.
0: Yeah, I really did like this cover.
1: So. All right, so what we got in X-Men number six, chapter seven of Battle of the Atoms?
0: Well, at the Jean Grey Jean School, Jubilee wakes up to a crying baby and Bro playing with the baby, which... Brew. Brew. I don't really think he makes a good babysitter.
1: <laughs> He's a little scary.
0: Yeah. Roxy makes a defense necklace for the baby. And how do you pronounce the baby's name? Uh, Shogo? Sho. What? I'm going like to say Shogo. Shogo. Shogo, not Showboat? <laughs>
1: I mean, he was kind of showboating on his little uh, blanket there.
0: Yeah. But back at the Blackbird, Wolverine asks Rachel to spy mentally on the future X-Men because he doesn't trust them. When they reach the school, Xavier goes, all mind S&M on Rocky because she doesn't know where the young Iceman and Beast are.
1: Yeah. Because remember that after part five, the original X-Men, at least the three that were there, have agreed to go home.
0: Right. All right. Wolverine steps in to stop Xavier, and Rachel yells that Wolverine was right. They aren't who they say they are. And, of course, Wolverine's comment is, I'm always right. Says,
1: every damn time, and we're going to snicked.
0: That's right. Then the future kitty, right? She's future yeah, kitty? Yeah, Kate. Yeah, future. She grew up, changed her name. That's right. Then future kitty is, uh-oh, actually the son of Wolverine and Mystique in disguise. Yeah. And he slashes at Wolverine saying, the wait was worth it. Future Jean knocks everyone out and a fight ensues. Mind fight ensues, babies fly around in bubbles and Future Beast tries to send the kids back while he locks down the school. Cyclops and his group arrive to see destruction and mayhem and Jubilee meets her son from the future.
1: Okay, so, um, <laughs> I think it was funny where, um, Wolverine tells when, uh, Kid X, it's what we're going to call Professor Future Xavier. Okay. Because they call him that later. When he's trying to kind of rape, um, Bling's mind. Did I have her name wrong? I called
0: her Roxy. I, that,
1: Roxy's her real name, Bling's her code name. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're fine. I, I wasn't going to say. Oh, Wolverine tells him that's not how we do things. And his response is, your entire life history, Wolverine, reads like a manual of how not to do things. So back off.
0: Yeah, I thought that was hilarious.
1: Had a small thing. I'll see what you think about this. So uh, I'm going to call him Miss Wolverine. (laughs) Miss Wolverine. (laughs) So he says something about, he's worried about whether he killed his dad or not. He says, oh, I forgot about the missing healing factor the wording of that, I was wondering, do you think that kind of spoils the killable arc over in Wolverine? Uh, the way he says missing, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it refers to me that, like, oh, yeah, there was a time when you didn't have it.
0: Well, and he still doesn't have it. In fact, later in on. In the, the present, b- yeah. Yeah, because the only way he heals from this is one of those X-Men heals his wound. Right. So.
1: But we're in the, I mean, no, this is coinciding with killable but his son says I forgot about your missing healing factor to me that kind of infers that from his future he forgot there was a time in the past which would be our present that the healing factor was missing which to me infers that it comes back but maybe I'm just reading too much into it he's in the future so he knows what happens right so I think if Wolverine like if it never came back he would say, oh, I forgot you lost your healing factor. Uh, That's just, he says. I forgot about your missing healing factor. i like missing, like... Oh, but, you know, you, it's not a permanent thing.
0: I don't know. I think you're reading too much into
1: it. Okay. I think I'll be right, regardless. I don't think Wolverine's going to die. I do right. find
0: it interesting because a few pages before all that, after he stabs Wolverine, he makes the comment... Um, hey, I'm still here. I didn't. I didn't kill him. Then, that's how time travel works, right? Right. Like in his mind, he's like, it. It's almost like he was determined to kill Wolverine to so he could commit suicide.
1: But he's smiling. I think he is relieved that he didn't kill Wolverine. I think he was trying to take him out and not kill him. And he was maybe worried that I don't know. Though it's hard to tell. It can go either way.
0: I'm just wondering if there is some sort of torrid history that made his life so horrible that he was like, I should have never been born, and I'm going to go back and kill my dad. Yeah.
1: I'm sure he has some of Wolverine's self-loathing. That's probably going to be genetic, right?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and doesn't Mystique have her own set of like personal issues?
1: She has some demons, but she's a little more embracing of them than Wolverine is. But Yeah. I'm sure the kid has problems regardless.
0: Yeah, except I didn't like the fact that he's wearing a mystique-like why, Yeah, why is
1: he wearing the stupid bib? The, the, um, <laughs> the long no, loincloth? Yeah, the super long loincloth. I guess That's extra why I call him head. Miss Wolverine. Miss
0: <laughs> Wolverine. Yeah, that's the only thing I didn't like about him. I thought they did a yeah. good job of like a hybrid Wolverine, but uh, yeah. I didn't like the loincloth.
1: I didn't think it was interesting. What do you think of the reveal at the end? That Sentinel X was a Shogo grown up.
0: I thought it was kind of shocking. Yeah? But touching at the same time.
1: Is that a scar on his head? Yes. Okay. And did you mention that Psylocke showed up at the end? No. If you didn't, that might be important next issue. So, just as Jubilee is greeting her future son, Psylocke comes out of the rubble. Um, I really like the bouncy baby bubble. And that was pretty funny,
0: okay, I thought it was hilarious, too, except I will say, um the, the, your viewers or or your listeners are probably gonna laugh when I say this, so you know, I don't wanna say way back when, but there you know there used to be that show charmed, and they had witches, yes, one well, was was on there, yeah, well, when one of the witches had a baby to protect the baby, they made a bubble, <laughs> <laughs> they made like the bubble baby yeah, that's funny. And then apparently the baby could make its own bubble when it oh. became a toddler. Okay. If it didn't trust you, it it engulfed itself in a bubble. Right. So I had to kind of giggle to myself that, A, the baby was in a bubble, but the baby was in a pink bubble. Right. So it was like bubble gum.
1: Well, you know what? Though, um, not, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just realized something. I didn't mean to step on the end of your story. Uh-huh. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I kind of made fun of like the uh, ex- Iron Man, like the X Men, Iron Man. Right. But now it makes more sense because Shogo doesn't have any powers. Right. So for him to to be an X Men, or even possibly be one of the leaders on the X Men, he needs would a definitely suit. need yeah something to to give him some kind of fighting power and stamina. All right. Well, so this one I thought the. Uh, what do you think? I just want to point out. Are you good?
0: I think I'm good. Right.
1: I thought the story was great. Thought the art was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed the art. Yeah. I did love the little, when the school's on lockdown, one of the girls gets on her phone and it shows a little Tweety Bird. Oh, uh, yeah. She's yeah. tweeting, in lockdown, hashtag, this sucks, right. hashtag, ugh.
1: Ugh. <laughs> ugh. Um, um. All right, well, speaking of ugh, um, when are you going to grade uh, X-Men number six? I
0: think I'm going to give it five out of six. Okay.
1: I'm going to give it six out of six claws. I think we're still rocking and rolling pretty good here. All right. So that's X-Men number six. Let's move on to Uncanny. No,
0: that was X-Men number
1: seven. No, it's chapter seven. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So let's move on.
0: See, confusing. (laughs) Yeah. I need a flow chart. Where's our dry erase board?
1: Oh, over there somewhere. All right. So let's move on to chapter eight which will be Uncanny X-Men number 13. This is written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Chris Piccolo, inks by a small army of inkers. We have Tim Townsend, Al Vey, Mark Irwin, Jaime Mendoza, and Victor Alazaba. Colors by Marte Garcia. VC's Joe Caramagna did the letters, and the cover again by McGuinness and Garcia. This is probably my second favorite cover. Yeah, it's my second favorite cover. So we have Miss Mystique jumping at us, claws out with a gray background. And just, I don't know, his hair looks great. The color of the whole thing looks great. Uh, McGinnis did an awesome job drawing it. I I like this a lot. And I can't help but notice one thing in this close-up of him. And he has pointy ears. Now Mystique... If she has pointy ears, she never chooses to show them. She has okay. normal ears in her form. She keeps, for so she can look however she wants, so who knows? Right. Well, Rae has regular ears, but Mystique, I think, must have a recessive pointy ear gene because one of her other children, Nightcrawler, does have pointy ears.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You
1: now he's dropping bomb on you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Mystique is Nightcrawler's mom.
0: Holy guacamole. Yeah. You just ruined Nightcrawler for me.
1: When do you find out who his dad is. I hate who his dad is. Who's his dad? Know. That uh, Azaziel, that stupid... Oh, yeah,
0: I did know that. You told me that. Yeah,
1: I probably bitched about it already.
0: Yeah, the guy with like...
1: <laughs> he looks like a red Nightcrawler. Yeah, he looks yeah. like the devil. He was in a uh, first class. Right. Uh, yeah. All right, so in this one... We have our team of UXM FXM. That's Uncanny X-Men combined with Future X-Men.
0: Oh my goodness. We have acronyms for them now?
1: Keep up. Oh. All right. They get ready to attack. Sentinel X takes his baby self and Jubilee to safety. But Psylocke <laughs> and Young Beast and Iceman are missing.
0: Uh-oh.
1: A building falls on the UFX men. Psylocke was really Miss Wolverine. And she brought in Beast and. <laughs> he brought in Beast, Young Beast and Young Iceman. Kid X sends Ice Hulk to attack the X-Men outside. Magic and Colossus try to sneak into the lab. They end up having to fight Molly and Deadpool. Magic ports Deadpool out and drops him on the ground and then comes from the air.
0: Yeah, Not like he took A five-foot
1: drop, like yeah. a nice dive. Then she comes back in. And Soul stabs Molly. Kid X has Krakoa swallow all the X-Men. And he notices that Deadpool did not survive the fall. We find out that Miss Mystique's name is really Raze. Kind of makes me like him a little less. Not the best name in the world. No. Um, he puts the O5, which is the original five X-Men, in the time cube. Magic butts in... Old Lady Jean freezes her and tells her to kill herself now because she's going to do it in the future anyway. But she teleports away. Colossus busts out of Krakoa with his sword and his soul stabs Kid X. The time cube is not working. Reyes turns into young Cyclops to test it out, jumps back to the past for five minutes and comes back to the present, says it works fine for me. So they find out it only doesn't work on the O5. Why? Well, there's such a big space-time mess that normal space-time laws don't apply. What the hell? Oh, and the the UFX men are now in the school. Okay. Everybody followed that one? Yep. So I was kind of disappointed that the guy in the cloak was Wiccan, who, of course, is a young Avenger and also possibly, most likely, one of... Depending on how you read that uh, children's crusade story, but possibly this son of the Scarlet Witch, so he is a mutant. Well, I don't him mind him. Being, no, it's a boy. I don't mind him being there. I don't mind him being the new Sorcerer Supreme. But I was kind of really excited when I thought it was the love child of a cloak and dagger. Well, his cloak has a white and black cloak with those lines in it like that that's really big and flowing. Uh-huh. And then he's kind of tan, so he can be a mixed baby. Okay. But it turns out he's just a sorcerer. Oh, and at some point, he magically heals Wolverine. Did I miss that?
0: No, it's in the next issue.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. Oops. Spoiler. So anyway, I was a little disappointed that was wicked, but not too much. He's a, He's a decent character. I thought Bunklo's art was good throughout, but I thought his Ice Wizard was amazing. Oh, his Ice Hulk is also really, really cool. All right, so another thing I took from this book, it proves to me that we really, really need Colossus back in a regular X-book. I know that I predicted and wanted him to be an X-Force at the end of AVX, but I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for him to come back to the X-Men and be... Mostly because I'm not really enjoying either of the X-Force books all that much. Uh, cable is better than Uncanny, but still. I'm ready, ready to have Colossus back and, like, being a, a major X-Men again. He was really cool in this issue. I was kind of meh on the whole explanation of the Time Cube.
0: I still don't feel like it's an explanation.
1: I feel like it's kind of, we don't want to explain this and just use your imagination.
0: I almost would have preferred that they just don't understand.
1: Right. Well, I think they do. They just tried to give the not understanding a name. He said, I don't know why this is happening. I guess it might be because of this.
0: Yeah, I wish he just would have said, I don't understand. I'm with you. And just left it like the giant mystery that it is. Yeah,
1: no, I'm I'm totally with you. Because so I, I
0: think that's my pet peeve in
1: comics. Well, there's, there's a tends to be a bit of over-explaining. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of how it works. I thought the writing was great. Uh, of course, I loved Bendis' sense of humor and his wit, and I thought that was kind of on uh, full display, this issue. Like I said, we're going to skip a lot, so I, don't, I won't give you a bunch of lines or jokes or anything, but they're in there. You should read them. I thought the art was really good. Pretty great, too. The only thing about the story I didn't like was the space-time thing. Yeah, so, I didn't um,
0: like
1: I'm going to give Uncanny X-Men five out of six claws. I, too, am going to give it five out of six claws. Okay. I think the story's moving along pretty well. So let's go to the penultimate, Chapter 9, which will be in Wolverine and the X-Men, number 37. This is written by Jason Aaron, with uh, pencils by Giuseppe Camincoli, with finishes by Andre Curry, mm. colors by Matt Mia, V.C.'s Clayton Cows did the letters. And, of course, McGuinness and Garcia did the cover again. What do you think about this cover?
0: There's a whole lot going on. Yeah, I
1: thought it was okay. Nothing really special about it.
0: I mean, I do kind of like that when you look around, you you feel like you're seeing something new for the first time, but there's almost so much stuff you don't really know where to look. Right. You're having to force your eye to, like, Move piece by piece.
1: I agree. All right, so what happens in this one?
0: Well, Cyclops and Jean have some you're not Jean time. <laughs> where Cyclops calls her a better kisser. What?
1: And then you're just taking a stab. Yeah. Um, no, they probably kiss the same.
0: But actually, this was all in his head. Yes. And Cyclops asked Magneto to lock down the school. And then there's a... Um, power struggle between... Well, because
1: they all, all the bad X-Men escape. Right. While Jean's inside. I guess she froze everybody else too somehow? I
0: don't know. I don't really know. Yeah. It, that was a little confusing. Um, there's a power struggle between both sides of the X-Men as to who's in charge. Cyclops or Wolverine.
1: Mm, schism.
0: They find Deadpool well, dead. And after a sweep of question, what is this brotherhood doing? We flash over to the brotherhood whining about how their plan didn't work, and now they have to move on to plan B. Wah, wah, wah. The original X-Men wonder what plan B is, and plan B ends up being where the X-Men all got started.
1: At Cape Citadel in Florida.
0: Yeah. Back at the Jean, Girl, Jean Grey school, the boys, Wolverine and Cyclops, and measuring who's bigger, <laughs> when the scanner tells them that they found out where Plan B is going down, the X-Men leave to go to the prison. A fight ensues. Shield drops bombs. Everyone has an O.E. Oh, moment, and then to be continued.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things real fast. Uh, just kind of point out. I thought it was interesting that. All right, so all the good, quote-unquote good X-Men are now together. Wolverine and Cyclops are butting heads, but everybody's basically on the same team. Right. Um, And all the bad X-Men are together. So our lines are clearly drawn now. Correct. Okay. And that was interesting that they couldn't track the bad X-Men, so they had to rely on the police scanners. Yes. Oh, warning alert! Cape Citadel mutants X-Men attacking!
0: Don't you think they'd lowjack? I mean, these are the X Men. Wouldn't you lowjack your
1: plane? You would think so. <laughs> Just wondering. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I Also, that was important. <laughs> did, you, did you say that Shield showed up?
0: Uh, I said Shield the... dropped bombs. Okay. Yeah. 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 Shield shows up.
1: Okay, and it was Jean, aka Zorn, that made Shield fire all the weapons.
0: I will say one of my favorite lines out of this book is when S.H.I.E.L.D. is all standing around a table. And I guess uh, the commander of S.H.I.E.L.D. says... Maria Hill. Yeah. Does S.H.I.E.L.D. have its own time machine? (laughs) And someone goes, yes, I believe we have some in storage. Did you want me to? I want you to send someone back through time to murder whoever invented the time machine. (laughs) I just... It's funny because that was... If I was in this situation, that would seriously be my first thought. Right. Can we just go back and kill the person who created the time machine? It would fix all this.
1: So I got a couple of, um... Oh, and my
0: second favorite.
1: Oh, go for it. Before I get negative, you stay positive.
0: I'm okay. I loved when Quentin Quire asks Quentin Quire.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Will I ever leave this school? And he just turns around and laughs.
1: I'm here in uniform, aren't I, from the future. I obviously haven't left yet. I know that was funny, too. All right, so we come back to the school and everybody's together. And middle Iceman, the Iceman start talking about who each other is again. Didn't we already have that conversation? Uh, Because in the future, old Iceman tells young Iceman the score. And then now the Iceman are all worried about who's who again. Oh, yeah, because young Iceman comes up and says, wait, so that means in the future... I'm not just a Hulk. I'm in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants.
0: Well, I think he's just concerned because how can there be two Icemen? Well,
1: and he says not exactly Iceman, But then he says, are you me too? When the homeless guy beard? And at the end of chapter eight. He's like, who's the wizard? Yeah. And he discovers that that's him.
0: Well, this is confusing. People are coming in left and right.
1: Yes, there, there's
0: obviously not an org chart
1: for You're them. You would forgot though. I don't know, somewhere. No,
0: it's Young Iceman who talks about the beard.
1: Yes, Young Iceman who went to the future with Young Beast and Magic. So anyway, and then that was kind of lame, and they already talked about that. And then,
0: oh, well, no, 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 no. Okay, sorry, wasn't it Current Iceman? had already had the conversation, and now they have young Iceman, no. so they're filling him in? Okay.
1: No, young Iceman and young meese went to the future and met the real future X-Men. That's right. And he right. talks about how, who's the ice guy with the beard? Is that me? He's like, yeah. He goes, well, who's the other one? He goes, I can't tell you about your, what your powers will do later. Okay. And then they come back, and he's like, wait, so I'm two ice Men? Who are you? Are you me too? Like, someone smacked that kid. Or Jason Aaron for this page. <laughs> also, I thought Jubilee and the baby were gone, taken to safety.
0: Um, They're right there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I guess safety was where the bad guys were.
0: Safety is surrounded by all the people you love.
1: Yes. Oh okay, That's my only two kind of rants, mini well, rants. Well, that
0: and I think this is why I thought Wicca was a girl.
1: She looks pretty feminine. Yes. Yeah. And the rogue hair, the thing is really more Doctor Strange hair with the yeah, silver. But, but um, it,
0: it looks very, in fact, in that panel, he looks like a she. And in this panel, he looks like a she. Right. And so I think I saw that and mentally like made him a girl.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we found, we find out that a Jubilee, old future Jubilee, took on Wolverine's name. Right, so I'm guessing after Wolverine dies in the future, she decides there still needs to be a Wolverine. And she takes it. Or maybe she took it just so Rays couldn't have it. <laughs> so her codename is Wolverine. And she has electric claws.
0: So where does it say her...
1: I think it was actually in the previous issue. Oh, okay. They call, someone calls her Wolverine. And then before, she'd been called Jubilation. So I thought maybe... Jubilee had a daughter and named it after Wolverine. Right. Or, because, they had a kid. because they're both ageless at this point. Right. Maybe they decided, hey, you're not a kid anymore, and we can, you know, get it on. <laughs> and Wolverine would say it just like that. So, uh, right. you're not a kid anymore. You want to get it on?
0: Wolverine would not say that.
1: <laughs> no, he probably wouldn't. All right, so... What do you think? I am usually on the schism on the Wolverine side. I thought Wolverine actually came off a little bit of a jerk in this one. Um, I, I think this is kind of not the time to squabble about what Cyclops has or hasn't done. I know... And we'll talk more about this at the end, too. he can't forgive Cyclops killing Professor X. Right. So I guess in that sense... He can't put it behind him, but at the same time, they need everybody's help. Yeah. And so for him to kind of insist that we're still going to be against each other.
0: Yeah, but he's trying.
1: Like. Yeah, but I mean, at first he's like, the first thing he says when he walks in is, Summer, you, you keep your team where I can see them.
0: Well, yeah, but right. I think what he's trying to say is, you're on my turf. Like I, I don't trust you. We're gonna right. have to work together. I don't trust you, so y'all stay where I can see you. We're still gonna work together, but just know I got one eye on you at yeah. all times. I think he's just a being overly.
1: Yes, he, he needs to read on Kenny X Men, so we can know that Cyclops is not really a bad guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's kind of all I had. So, what did you think of the art in this one?
0: Um. It, I thought it had some interesting flashbacks to, like, really classic comics. You think so? Well, like this no. panel right here.
1: It's kind of 80s. Yeah. If that's what you mean. I'm normally a Kevin Coley fan. This is not, in my opinion, his best stuff.
0: I don't like the two action panels. Like, at all. <laughs> like, where it's just everybody's everywhere.
1: Yeah, it just I don't know, there's just nothing special about it. And he can draw a really good Wolverine, and has before. But, like, this panel, when Wolverine comes in, this looks average. Yeah.
0: Well, and I will say, like, um, I'm not overly... I'm not a fan of how the claws are drawn.
1: On Wolverine or on Jubilee?
0: On um,
1: Miss Mystique, or Miss Wolverine. Oh, Raze. Yeah. Yeah. I can't tell... What his claws are made of. If they're bone? Like if he inherited the bone claws? Or if he's had something done to him? Or if because he can shape-shift, he just makes them look how he wants?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: So maybe they're not even... I mean, are they really claws? Or They are, because he stabbed the eviscerated Wolverine's gut. Oh, and by the way, this is the issue where Wiccan healed Wolverine. Yes. So, I also thought the writing in this one, as big of a Jason Aaron fan as I am, I thought the plot was a lot less clear. I know you were kind of saying you were having trouble keeping up in general, but I thought this issue—this
0: issue was hard it is
1: really muddy. The art and just overall, I thought the issue was is just really muddy.
0: Yeah, it—it it was hard for me to follow, and my my first instinct was it was hard for me for me to follow because I read the stupid things out of order. <laughs> right. But then today at lunch. I reread all of them in order. And when I got to this point, I was still confused. Like I was, I actually was trying to mentally take notes. Okay, this person's fighting with this person. And that person, the younger one is good. The middle one is, they haven't decided if they're good. And the older one is bad. Right? Yeah. So, and when you start categorizing things in your head, you literally at some point are like, "I, I give up. Let's just flip the page and see what happens.
1: Right. So I like the part of the story that is part of the big story, but overall, I think we're gonna give this one, and we'll Reading the X Men number thirty-seven, chapter nine of Battle of the Atom, just four out of six claws.
0: I'm gonna give it three out of. I almost six.
1: did. I almost did.
0: And the only reason why it's getting three, cause I did.
1: It moves the story along as it far does. as the whole story. It
0: does, but it it was so hard for me to, A, follow, B, I thought some of the art was overdrawn, and so...
1: Uh, Part of the reason this may not be Kevin Coley's best work is because he was finished by Andrew Curry. I think we've had this discussion with him already on X-Men stuff.
0: Yes, I think so.
1: He he just needs to draw his own stuff.
0: Yeah. Don't let people finish your stuff, dude
1: especially on such a big issue. <laughs> Save that for the, the B list books.
0: Procrastination, dude.
1: We all do it. Okay, well, are you ready to move to the final chapter?
0: Final chapter.
1: The final countdown. Final, <laughs> final. <laughs> final. <laughs> 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 all right. So, wow. Battle of the Atom number two, part 10 is. Written by Jason Aaron. Let's see if he can redeem himself. Art by Isad Rimick with Giuseppe Coley, And then Andrew Curry and Tom Palmer did the finishes. Colors are by Ivor Ive Schwarzina. I apologize, dude or lady. I have no idea if I did that right at all.
0: And just be glad he's the one pronouncing it, yeah. not me.
1: The other colorists are also Andre Mosa and Guru Effects. All right, so then we have some epilogues. Epilogue one is by Jason Aaron, Giuseppe Kevin Coley, Andrew Curry, and Matt Mia. Epilogue number two is by Brian Wood, Christopher Anka, and Matt Mia. Epilogue three was the one by Jason Aaron, Chris Piccolo, Mark Irwin, Victor Olazaba, and Matt Mia. Epilogue 4 is by Brian Michael Bendis, Stuart Eminen, Wade Van and Matt Mia. The cover is again by Ed McGuinness and Marte Garcia. I thought this cover was stinking great. Really? Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I know Young Jean's not very really detailed, but well,
0: and I don't like her pose.
1: Yeah, it's kind of silly. But I thought the Sentinels looked cool. I love the way Wolverine and the Storm are fighting them. And I love like the way Colossus is ripping the guy's leg. I thought that looked really, really cool.
0: Yeah, it did.
1: His one hand, he's like digging into it with his fingers of steel, like ripping the armor off. And the other hand, he's crushing it. Uh, I thought it looked really cool.
0: I thought it was a nice cover. I thought I think it was better than some of the other covers. I mean, obviously not the ones that we raved about, but right. I don't know. I just kind of, there wasn't anything that really jumped out at me. Okay.
1: No, I liked it a lot. That was really dynamic.
0: But I think it's because Jean Grey has a silly pose. And this one, this whole battle of the atom thing has just reinforced that I don't like Jean Grey. <laughs> All
1: right. So, oh, I'm sorry. I think I said that Zorn sent the missiles last time. I don't know if she did.
0: Oh, I'm the one. No.
1: Yeah, she did. Didn't she? she?
0: Yeah, she telepathically launches, like, everything.
1: Okay. But then Kid X telekinetically, telepathically locks the control so S.H.I.E.L.D. can't override. That's right. Okay, all right. And the missiles land but do not explode. They turn into sentinels. Yeah, let that soak in. S.H.I.E.L.D. has sentinels. Okay, and kill old future beast. We'll talk more about the art overall when we get to it. But this full page splash of Isad Remick drawing the sentinel exploding below him looks awesome.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: It's a fantastic panel. All right, so everybody fights just like you knew they would. Future Jubilee also gets killed by a sentinel. Future Colossus gets killed by Kid X because he paralyzed Kid X with the Soul Sword last time. Janice got a message. Old CNBC
0: lady... breaking news.
1: <laughs> Old Lady Jean blames everything on the Cyclops and Wolverine schism. Says it's their fault for splitting up the X-Men. So she goes nuts. But then the O5, the young X-Men, save the day. By making an homage to X-Men Number one. what? That is a a re replica of the cover of X-Men number one. Okay. Um, but then old lady Jean overloads and blows everybody up. but luckily magic ported the good guys away. but the bad guys are not dead at the scene of the crime at the scene of the crime they are missing. All right, so let's get to our epilogues. Um, So Magic did teleport everyone back to the school. Wolverine and Beast still want to send the O5 back. They want to try to find a way to to fix the space-time conundrum and send them back to their past. Wolverine and Cyclops actually agree that S.H.I.E.L.D. is now the bigger problem, but they can't put aside their differences enough to do anything about it. The Wolverine does give a really good speech. The Cyclops says, And you, Logan, should we compare total body counts? I believe we'll need a calculator for yours. Wolverine says, You killed the only man who mattered. Cyclops says, And you're his self-appointed successor now? Is that right, Professor Wolverine? Do you realize how ridiculous that sounds? The Wolverine says, Yep, I realize it all over again every damn morning. But then I walk through that front door over there, and suddenly I'm surrounded by young mutants who need all the help they can get. So sure, call me Professor Wolverine and laugh if you want, because these here are my X-Men, and that's our school over there. And after that, nothing else really means a damn, including you. I thought that was actually a pretty cool little speech. That was. All right, so then we go to our epilogue two. We finally learn what uh, Storm Jr.'s name is it's chimera we still don't know who her father is or if this panther indicates is black panther or something completely different but she's gonna stay in the present while the rest of the future x-men go back to the future back to the future marnie
0: oh my goodness
1: but her purpose there she's gonna stay and hunt the future brotherhood because she doesn't trust them to go back to the future Cause they failed at plan A and plan B, they're
0: just failing everywhere.
1: They're failing, so they'll probably try to stick around and cause more trouble. So she is going to stay in the present and dedicate her life to hunting them down with her big panther, her big uh panther Tron <laughs> Jubilee and future baby Shogo have a moment. And that was pretty good. And I have a feeling. That Chimera is going to show up in uh, the adjective book because this epilogue is written by Brian Wood and kind of covers most of his characters that he's dealing with in his book. So I think that's probably where, store, uh, where Chimera's adventures will pan out. So it seems like some of the art the uh, writers are doing kind of the epilogue that applies most to where their characters will go next. This is kind of what I noticed. Alright, so epilogue three, the future X-Men go home. In epilogue four, Kitty feels betrayed. She breaks up with Iceman, and she doesn't trust the X-Men, including Wolverine, who's kind of her mentor. So Kitty feels betrayed by Wolverine and Storm and all the X-Men she trusted. She feels hurt by Bobby. When he had a chance to prove he was grown up, he didn't. At least not in her mind. So she feels uh, betrayed and the O five feel unwanted. Right, everybody keeps trying to send us home. We're not ready to go home. Nobody wants us to be here, so we shouldn't be here. So Kitty and the O five go to the uncanny X Men. And I thought the last panel was great. Where Kitty you can tell she doesn't really want this to be the way it ended up. Right, mm-hmm. She's hurt genuinely hurt. She's crying and she tells him goodbye. Wolverine is growling and Cyclops is grinning, like, gotcha. Taking some more mutants. Then that was a really cool panel. Okay, um, yeah, so S.H.I.E.L.D. has Sentinels. And, you know, these crossovers and events always promise, like, oh, it all changes here. That to me was a genuine WTF moment. Was it? Right? S.H.I.E.L.D. supposed to be, like, on the side of the good guys. They helped the Avengers. They kind of have a love-hate relationship with the X-Men, but they, repre- they represent, like, to protect everybody on the planet. So the fact that they would have mutant hunting devices in their armory, yeah, in general, genuinely surprised me. And I thought it was really cool that Wolverine and Cyclops obviously not going to do it together. But you can tell, kind of, whoever's been in their sights... They're both kind of shifting their focus and their target to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. All right, we, they shouldn't have Sentinels. They do. They've betrayed us. We've got to fix this, and fast.
0: Well, and S.H.I.E.L.D. has an oh-poop moment because she says Well, Maria Hill, yeah. She's like, did everything launch? Like.
1: No, I don't think she knew. She said, did everything launch? Like, our whole payload. And the guy's like... Everything, Commander. Our full payload of conventional explosives and of, of and he pauses and like oh shit. Like the guy has an oh shit moment. He says, Anti mutant ordinance and Ray Hill turns around and yells, Anti mutant what what does that oh hell, tell me that doesn't mean when I know it's going to mean. I I don't think I think someone went under her. Right. Or over her head to do this for Shield. And I think, honestly, an un- I expect an uncanny X-Men in the next few issues for her to try to contact one of the X-Men teams, either through Dazor who is now... Because Dazzler right now, I told you uh, Bendis tries to take a lame character and make him cool. Right. Dazzler is the mutant liaison for S.H.I.E.L.D. I think they even talk about it in yeah. w- one of these issues. They say, why don't you go liaisons, or whatever the... Right. So I expect from Maria Hill to try to say this is not, I didn't authorize this. Right. Yeah, yeah and, and so S.H.I.E.L.D. Having Sentinels is actually, they deliver. It, it is a game changer in the X Men universe. Okay, so before we talk about overall stuff, is there anyone or anything specifically in this last issue you wanted to, to point out or bring up? I don't think so. Okay, so what'd you grade it?
0: I'm gonna give this one just because there's certain pages of art that I think are absolutely gorgeous. I
1: thought Ribbick did great. Yeah. Um, in fact I think he should do either a Wolverine or X Men book in the short future. Like I'd love to see him continue to draw these characters. And his Wolverine looks awesome.
0: Yeah, this whole page, like the way that it's laid out and designed.
1: Look great.
0: It's it's amazing. So I gave it five out of six. Okay. Just almost solely based <laughs> on art.
1: Yeah. Okay. I actually thought it was a great ending. I gave Battle of the Atom two six out of six claws. Okay. So let's let's wrap up. Let's talk about a few things. First of all, how did you um, other than try to put aside the fact that you read them out of order? <laughs> How was your overall expo- first exposure to a big crossover event?
0: Maybe it was too big. Maybe okay. I needed something in between.
1: Okay, cause... we'll be glad I didn't start you on Infinity then. Okay. that's hu- That covers the whole Marvel Universe.
0: Okay. Because, yeah, there were things like I didn't know who certain people were.
1: Okay, right.
0: And so I was kind of guessing. Okay. Um, but... Yes, it was confusing in certain parts because I didn't... Maybe it was just a confusing story to begin with, with X-Men coming from the past. Time travel
1: is hard to keep up with, yes. Yes.
0: I felt stupid.
1: You're not stupid, babe.
0: No, but I, I I felt like I should have kept up with it a whole lot better than I did.
1: Yes, we also don't have... They did not do the best job as usual of... There's definitely a lot that you maybe not have to know can get, but it sure would help, yeah, so I don't know if it's necessarily new reader friendly though you're you're almost out of the you're not gonna almost. have that crutch much longer, no so,
0: but I will say,
1: but this is the fiftieth anniversary, so there are like forty something years you're missing out,
0: well, yeah, but I will say, as far as somebody who's whose knowledge is limited to the cartoons. Into the movies.
1: And what you've read since you started the podcast.
0: Right. That, yes. I mean, I wasn't completely lost. I was able to, like, keep up with certain things. But, yes, there was one or two characters that I was like, "Why? who the hell is this person? <laughs> right. And so as far as someone who's never read a comic, I think them picking it up might confuse them just a hair. Right. I do think it will reiterate that nobody should like Jean Grey.
1: (laughs) Not even the young one?
0: No. I've never liked Jean Grey. And when we did that flashback from, what was it, the 70s? Yes.
1: Yeah,
0: that just reinforced that I still hated her. After reading this one and we had past Jean Jean Grey and future Jean Grey and no present Jean Grey, thank goodness, I still realized I don't like either of them.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. So do you think this is... Was this a good story to mark the 50th anniversary of the X-Men?
0: I think it was a good way to include a lot of X-Men.
1: Yes. And for better or for worse, there's always... Alternate futures is kind of a staple of the X-Universe. Right. So I thought having a time travel story for the anniversary was... Appropriate. I liked how they went back to Cape Citadel, where the first mission was. I liked the homage, uh, the little panel that was a recreation of the number one cover. I liked how the original X-Men turned the tide of the battle, and that was cool. So every, everybody had a big role, like the past, present, and future. Right. All had a big role. You had Sentinels. I mean, what else do you need? Yeah, I I thought it was a really good story to celebrate the 50th anniversary, I thought. And I thought other than Chapter 9, they pretty much were all pretty strong. They were
0: all strong in explaining things right. and giving you little details so that you could figure things out later on.
1: Okay, so let's move on to one more thing before we wrap up. And what's, let's talk about and I'm sorry to spring this on you. So oh. You don't feel like you have to contribute a whole lot because I'm prepared. Okay. <laughs> I meant to tell you last night before you fell asleep and I forgot.
0: Uh-huh. Um, He's been wanting to spring this on me.
1: Yeah. Like a bear trap. ka <laughs> Um, right, What are some things you would like, you know, we got the epilogues kind of laying some possible this is where things are going to go. Right. So what are some things you would like to see come out of this story? you think of anything? You want me to give a couple first?
0: Is it I would love to see Quentin Quire against Quentin Quire. I don't know. That one might
1: be hard. I think future Quentin went back to the future.
0: Oh, dang. Yeah, that was the other confusing part is I didn't know who went back to the future and who stayed.
1: I think all the good X-Men from the future minus Chimera went back. Okay. Like, I want to find out who Chimera's dad is. We know Storm's her mom. We knew before they told us because she looks just like a little Storm. Right. (laughs) But, um... I want to know—is it Black Panther, or is it Wolverine, is it somebody? That, like, I don't know. I want—I I want to find that out. Since so she appears to be sticking around, we should get a chance to get some more of her backstory. And also, since she's sticking around as we develop her, I'd like to take that as an opportunity to have flashbacks of the future.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness, you're gonna pulp fiction it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> No, but as she's doing her thing and we learn about her, we can see some things that she did in the future and then by that, get glimpses into some of the other future X-Men. And so develop like them 20
0: years world. from now, is some editor going to have to pull these episodes oh, up yeah. and read them and be like, oh, wait, back in X-Men number blah, 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 this happened, ergo... Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't envy that per- poor person's job.
1: Right. I also... I talked about... Uh, Colossus's current status. I'm wondering now that Kitty Pride... Who is Colossus's... The love of his life, Even though they broke up after AVX... And... And he's technically with Domino right now. <laughs> um, but can Kitty Now that she's joined... With Illyana... Magic... Colossus's little sister... Can they like join forces and recruit Colossus back to the Uncanny X Men? I'd love to see that. I would love to see Rays and leave the other past or other future brotherhood and join Mystique and Sabretooth.
0: That would be interesting. I want to see but he ba- needs a new outfit.
1: Yes. Or at least we use the shopping. wine cloth. In fact his mom should tell him Dude, you can look however you want. And get rid of that. I circumcised you as a baby, I swear. <laughs> um, I think I already said, I want to see son Rimmick do an X book or a Wolverine book. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really want to see K'nex again.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't like his character. I
1: know he survived with the... I guess him and Rage are the only? Because Deadpool died. Right. Zorn died. I don't know... Ice Hulk, Does he still...
0: I think Ice Hulk is still around, but okay, he's I don't, just gone.
1: I don't mind Ice Hulk popping up every now and then. It's kind of... I'd he's rather almost like see minion. him as comic relief.
0: Yeah, he's like a minion. Yeah. Like an Igor or a. Right. Eeyore.
1: Right. So I guess we have three future Brotherhood guys that survive.
0: Yeah, I guess... I
1: hope Kid X dies.
0: <laughs> I, I kind of don't like him. I guess I kind of feel like what happened... To make it Charles Xavier was such a gentle soul. And when he totally lashes out at Roxy. Right. It's very anti... But he
1: would have never known his grandfather because Cyclops killed him in this timeline.
0: Yeah, I guess it's... You kind of have that hope that people... Right. Even though they don't know him, there's a piece yeah. of them in there.
1: But if Legion, Professor X's son and child that we know of, is his dad? The Regions a schizo, so um, that would make sense. Yeah, who knows? So the other thing I want to see is I want to see big, big repercussions of the Shield Sentinel thing.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Like, I want
0: to see some stuff go down. Even
1: like maybe outside of X books, like the Avengers should should hear about this, and they should do like it should. Uh, there should be fallout across the Marvel universe. Right. Um, right. anything you can think of before I say my last one?
0: Nope, go for it.
1: Okay. I think it's time to bury the schism hatchet. Okay. I think, and just hear me out, I've really enjoyed it. I think it's been great. I've enjoyed kind of being on Wolverine's side and not being on Cyclops' side. But I think I want them to take... Here's what I want to see happen. Because I think what Old Lady Jean said, she meant, I don't think she's 100% right because everybody's actions everybody's responsible for their own actions. But I think she was partially right at least so in the fact that maybe this schism really is bad for the X-Men. And so I, I want Wolverine and Cyclops both being kind of in love with Jean as like their first like their main love of their life. Give or take. That they, even though they knew this wasn't their gene, that they would still listen to what she had to say, and I, I, don't know, I I'd invite like for them to take to heart the fact that their schism does a lot of bad, and that no matter how much they hate each other, and that it's time to make peace, and at least coexist. They can even stay two different teams, two different places, but at least be somewhat cooperative every now and then, or at least. At least put on the front. That like, hey, we want Mutants to be together. So whenever the kids want to go, let's support it. Now, I know the conflict writes good stories. But I feel like we've had a lot of good stories. And maybe it's time to to do something else for a little bit. Now, I also know that Wolverine cannot, just absolutely cannot forgive Cyclops for killing Professor X. But what if Professor X came back And he forgave Cyclops and said, I know you weren't completely in your right mind. It was the Phoenix. If he forgave Cyclops, and Wolverine kind of, Professor X is like his big mentor, right? He's a guy that, that helped him get his mind back together, that helped him realize he doesn't have to be the animal. Like, he owes a lot to Professor X and loves Professor X dearly. If Professor X came back and forgave Scott, I think he'd have to at least wrestle with forgiving stuff.
0: Yes, I can see that.
1: So, how does Professor X come back? Well, we know that next week in Amazing X-Men number one... There's time travel? Go- no, but they're going to the land of the dead to bring back Nightcrawler who says that Professor X can't tag along. <laughs> throw him in a backpack. Yep, throw him in a backpack. So, anyway, that, ladies and gentlemen, is our coverage of Battle of the Atom. I hope you're it. I'll you better try, enjoy I'll it. i am try to edit it down a little bit, but it's still probably going to be pretty long. But hey, just more more podcast for you.
0: More of us for you to love. That's
1: right. And you might want to stop now because the rest of the episode is going to be just me. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. You're leaving me? Well, you'll come back from the uh, exit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... All right, let's uh let's move on. We we've had enough of this. Okay. Okay. So up next we have Uncanny Avengers: Lucky Number Thirteen. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what kind of luck the Uncanny Avengers have in this book. Anyway, we're gonna continue on with the whole Apocalypse Twin story. This is written by Rick Remender, art by Daniel Acuna. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Cover is by John Cassidy and Laura Martin. Cover's pretty cool. We basically have a Horseman of Death Banshee screaming at Captain America, Havoc, and Wasp. The color is all like a green and yellow background with like rays of different colors. It looks really, really cool. And then the, the letters, Uncanny Avengers on the title is also in green Right, just stand against the background. It looks pretty sweet. And the Banshee looks really cool. Still not super wild about Cassidy's Captain America on these Uncanny Avengers cover. He still seems a little pudgy. (laughs) Which, I've seen Cassidy do some Cap covers of just Cap, right, on Captain America. And they always look pretty cool to me. But for whatever reason, most of the time when he draws Cap on the first 13 issues of Uncanny Avengers, kind of looks old and out of shape. But anyway, other than that, the cover is pretty awesome. I like it quite a bit. So, of course, remember the Apocalypse Twins are trying to prevent Kang, who raised them, and the Onslaught Red Skull, and they're not going to try to save the Earth. They're just going to try to take all the mutants off of the Earth and make their own, I guess, Planet M. (laughs) Or Planet X, depending on how you want to describe it. So they've built like an ark. And they want all the mutants to leave the Earth and let Red Skull do his thing. But they're going to start their own planet of all mutants. And yeah. And to do this, they have risen, or resurrected, four horsemen of death. Uh, Dokken, Fanshee, Sentry, and uh, and the Reaper, right? That Wonder Man's brother's name who died a few issues ago? I think so. I think it's the Reaper. Anyway, and their purpose is, they think, pretty much just to stop the Uncanny Avengers so the Apocalypse Twins can carry their plan out. All right, so that's what we're going to pick up. And we start off with uh, Horseman... Or, <laughs> I'm not going to go through all that. Banshee is fighting Havoc. And Havoc's kind of thinking to himself about how all these great people he's met, like the, the nicest, kindest, and gentlest people he's ever known, once they join the X-Men they're corrupted at one point or another and he says it was just banshee's turn but he uh, punches banshee in the face says it hurts his hand but gives him a chance to get to his throat and we get a really cool panel visually looking where he uses his uh, plasma power he wraps his hands around banshee's throat and attempts to use his energy to uh take away banshee's scream I thought that was not only a really good strategy, but it looks really cool on the panel too. But he can't get through the armor around his throat. And of course now the suits that these resurrected horsemen have are kind of the apocalypse armor. So Havoc is unable to penetrate it, and Banshee just punches him in the face. But then Wasp flies into his throat while he's monologuing. Banshee that is. We get a really cool thing where she, we see her sting Banshee's throat from the inside he I mean, like just whittle almost like blood and lightning that comes out of his throat. And he grabs his throat and Wasp flies out with a trail of blood behind her banshee kind of starts choking on his own blood havoc apologizes and he doesn't want to do it then we get another really awesome panel of havoc using his power akunyan draws havoc's power really cool and um and colors it because he does his own colors colors it really great too and we see a panel of of havoc just letting banshee have it and it looks really really cool wasp is concerned havoc says he's not dead but then he's almost out of power then cap stumbles over and he's yelling of course he got screamed at by banshee and he's suffered some serious hearing damage and then they play off that reminder does some humor where havoc or wasp will say something and cap won't hear him and then he'll yell the same thing and Havok keeps telling him to stop yelling <laughs> It's pretty, good, pretty good lines in there in the dialogue. So basically they decide they're going to go try to destroy this Tachyon Dam so that King's army can get through and stop the Apocalypse Twins. We get some more. Um, wasp decides she's going to go. She kisses Havoc on the cheek and says they're going to have a lot of fun when this is over. So we get some more uh, stuff like that. And the cat yells in bold, she likes you! <laughs> and Havoc's like, you're yelling. <laughs> very funny so we go back to this planet uh where the sentry left thor and set loose their uh they had like gamma lava and they used it for energy but they had it in dams and sentry broke the dam basically to distract thor and thor as a hero is going to try to save this universe he opens up a portal i guess underneath some ocean on another planet and the it floods the city and saves everybody. But Thor still doesn't feel like he doesn't really get to celebrate him saving the planet. Because he knows that some bad shit's going down. And I'm not sure if he knows how to get back. But I guess we'll see. So we see the Apocalypse Twins meeting at a long table with uh, Wanda the Scarlet Witch and Wonder Man. And of course they've agreed to help. Wanda's going to cast a spell to get all the mutants into this island their pods on this arc and also get them so that they rest for the journey you know so nothing no one wakes up and goes all what's that movie um it's an event horizon Or do they like wake up early on their space journey and all that shit goes down i think it's event horizon Something like that. <laughs> Alright, so we go back to, uh, of course, Wolverine has had his hand pierced to the wall, and uh, Doc is just beating the crap out of him. Of course, remember, we're caught up to real time in the Wolverine series, so we, we've established that he doesn't have his healing factor right now, so Doc is just going to town on him. And we get some uh, interesting revelations from Reminders on um, Kenny X Horse Run. Turns out that Sabretooth set Wolverine up to kill Daken. And Dokken knew about it. But he trusted that no matter how hard his dad was pushed, that he wouldn't actually kill Dokken. And he, he Wolverine would find a way kind of out of it. But he didn't. And so Dawkins kind of says, I was punished for, for believing in my dad. Like, <laughs> that's left up. Then he also reveals that Sabretooth filmed it. And this is how this whole thing gets kicked off. Then a Red Skull, of course, remember also Red Skull has uh, Professor X's telepathy from our first Uncanny Avengers arc. But Red Skull gets a hold of this tape and um, basically shows it to everybody. And the Apocalypse twins come in and they they talk to Wolverine too. And they basically say that with this tape, um, he's able to get a reality show like the Kardashians. (laughs) No, Uh, with this tape... He is able to discredit the Avengers and turn everybody against mutants all like a one fell swoop. That he doesn't even really need to use his telepathy to get everybody to go along with his plan because I mean Wolverine's kind of the the poster child or one of them for the X Men, and he's also been an Avenger for a while now. And it's gonna all come back to bite him in the ass. And they basically say this whole future they're trying to prevent is all kind of Wolverine's fault. And, of course, Wolverine, with his guilt, is going to believe it. And, honestly, I mean, on this particular sequence of events, it's not just guilt. It really kind of is his fault. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you can't really blame him for what happened to Dawkins. Dawkins may have said, like, "Oh, I had faith that you would, you know, not go through with it and a backfired. But at any point during that last battle, he could have, he could have said, whoa, hey, wait up. You know, Sabretooth, your arch enemy is always trying to screw you over. Yeah, uh let's uh let's go get him. <laughs> you know. I'm not down with this. I I wish you would have uh, realized this yourself, but I don't want to die, so let's go get Sabretooth. But he did it. I mean he kept fighting Wolverine and kept arguing and, you know, being Dawkins. It's really as much Dawkins' fault as Wolverine's. And obviously Sabretooth and all the villains, but but still Wolverine did kill his son and it is on video and it does turn the tide of history so we know that's not going to sit well with Wolverine and I expect to see the repercussions of this everywhere Wolverine appears in the Marvel Universe for a decent amount of time so hopefully we will alright so back to our story Dawkins basically says that on the new planet he will uh, open a school and be a better teacher than Wolverine and he understands what Wolverine wanted he just he can never do it Like, he can never quit completely being the animal. But he sees how important the students are. And so they're going to call the school the Wanda Maximoff's School for Gifting Youngsters in honor of her making it possible for them to do this. So I immediately thought, because of the name of the school and because they show, like, an image to Wolverine and it has a statue of Scarlet Witch, my immediate thought is, okay, Wanda's agreed to do this, but... What she maybe doesn't know is it's going to kill her. And of course it also reminded me uh, in our last flashback episode we talked about X-Men Annual Number 3 where Storm is willing to kill herself to save a planet. It kind of it's kind of similar situation, but I don't think Wanda knows it. she's going to die, if that's indeed what they're inferring. But that's how it seemed to me. I'd be interested to know what other people think about that. And of course we do know that, um, extra spoiler alert, <laughs> if you haven't been keeping up with stuff online if you've been able to avoid this which anytime you see anything about uncanny avengers is what they're talking about so i don't know how you would but um supposedly someone's gonna die and so you know maybe this is either a red herring or you know giving a clue that that fatality will be scarlet witch i think you know actually there was a, a thread on uh, one of the facebook pages i'm on <laughs> not who people thought it would be And kind of the three big candidates were uh, in this thread were, I guess, four. Were Sunfire, Scarlet Witch, Wonder Man, and Havoc. I'm kind of leaning towards Wonder Man. Though, like I said in some of my comments, I would like to see Reminder kind of carry out this um, pacifist superhero. I also think um, his martyrdom might be a good story, too. So it would kind of go either way. But now I'm wondering if... Well, I'll save that. So anyway, Wolverine's like, "No, Wanda no one ever helped you?" But Dawkins like, "Oh, yeah, she's already starting the spell." So then uh, the wasp gets to the to the tachyon energy, but Sentry's there to stop her. Havoc and Captain America fight a guy on a giant crab who calls himself the Pale Rider. We I mean, get some more jokes about Cap yelling. Then they see this statue of the Apocalypse twins holding hands and you know, like a star coming out of their hands, and. Uh, Havoc tells, <laughs> at one point he tells, uh, Cap says, I think they know we're here. And Havoc says, That's good, you keep yelling. But anyway, so they come up on the statue and um, they wonder about what Amortis said about how um, once divided, all is lost, and how they both assumed it meant the Uncanny Avengers and the unity between mutants and humans. That if the team falls apart, as it's kind of been on the literally cusp of doing the whole time then the world is lost so the only way to defeat the apocalypse twins is to keep this unity team together But then they see the statue and they wonder well hey maybe he wasn't talking about us but telling us how to beat the twins what if we separate them then they're lost which I would have thought would have been kind of obvious. Maybe these guys don't read comic books. But it seems like every time there's twins, the way to beat them is to separate them. That's kind of what would be my first tactic any time I fought twins. If I fight twins in real life, first thing I do is separate them. <laughs> so then we see Wonder Man, I guess, taking a, just got down in the hot tub or something. He's got a towel on his head. He's in his black trunks. And he comes up to Wanda. Ask what they're doing. And Wanda says, oh, I'm going to bring the mutants here, but not how they think. And not into those chambers. No, I'm just going to bring them here. And that gives us a free army. All the mutants. And we're going to bond together and defeat these monsters. Wonder Man says, I knew it. I knew you had another plan. And Scarlet Witch says, but you trusted me anyway. And so they start making out. And then they, uh, they're so getting it on. about to So then Rogue and Sunfire find Wolverine. And they take him down. They pull these energy spikes out of his hands. And Wolverine's like, it's all my fault. I killed my old son. I killed Warren. I killed the apocalypse boy. I failed Chuck. And Rogue says, no, no, Charles loved you. You gave him hope that a man could change. Wolverine says, but I didn't change enough. I never stopped the killing. I just kept it a secret. And now the twins, they got to Wanda. They're going to undo everything. Rogue, you have to stop her. Of course, Rogue's already pissed with Wanda all the time anyway. So she promises Wolverine that she'll stop him. She steals his powers, pops his claws with her only snick to the book, goes to Rogue, and she says she's going to kill Wanda. That's how she'll stop her. So her and Sunfire run off. Leave Wolverine there, I guess, to die. I mean, they know, right? Or maybe they don't know. Maybe they just assume he still has his healing factor and they will just got to get up in a minute and come join the fight. I don't know. I wonder, though... Because when Rogue pops the claws, they're bloody, like Wolverine's have been since he lost his healing factor. So when Rogue steals his powers... See this? Now we're going to go back to the Wolverine series and the part I hate about what's going on right now. That his genes, his telomeres, or whatever, are changed. So when Rogue steals his powers right now, and she only steal the claws? Or does she also... And I guess Wolverine doesn't have like a dormant healing factor... Like, it's not shut down. It's, like, gone. I mean, that's what we're saying this little virus did to him. So, all she has is the claws. No, he, so, it's got to hurt like hell to pop those bad boys for her. So you think she'd wait until she needed them. But, you know, whatever. Maybe the pain fuels her rage. Who will what that. That sounds good. I like that. Anyway, so now, back to who's going to die. My prediction is that Wonder Man dies protecting the Scarlet Witch. She pulls through with her spell. Pulls a bunch of mutants up there. And that's how this particular part of the story is going to end. Well, we'll see. See how it goes. Anyway, the art in this book was really good. Acuna still really fits this story really well. Um, and the story was really good. Oh my gosh, this arc is really starting to pay off against Banes big time. I really like the part about about. How it all hinges on Wolverine. Of course, I love Wolverine. So it's always cool to see him be really important and integral to his story. So that part was awesome. I just think it's a really, really good story. Like, really good. Definitely interesting to see where it goes. We love to hear other people's theories about, you know, who they think is going to die. What they think is going to happen. All that. Do you like Wasp and Havoc cooking up? Wonder Man and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. So... Anyway, love to hear what everybody thinks. But what I think is that this book has been consistently pretty great. With only a couple of very minor issues that slowed it down a little bit. Maybe a little too much. But overall, it's been a great series. And this is no exception. I'm reading Uncanny Avengers number 13. Six out of six claws. I cannot recommend this series overall enough. It's kind of consistently in my top ten. And definitely still is. So, yeah. Uncanny Avengers, number 13. Six out of six claws. Alright, let's move on. Okay, so next up we have the very last issue of Astonishing X-Men. That's Astonishing X-Men number 68. Written by Marjorie Liu. Art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. Colors by Chris Peter. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover by Phil Noto. And the cover is a yellow X-Men glove. Looking at a picture with the most current, astonishing lineup. Holding up a little sign that says AXM 2004-2013. to And um, it's an okay cover by Phil Noto. Not his best. I like Phil Noto. His last few astonishing covers have left a little bit to be desired. But anyway, it's adequate. Yeah, so basically, kind of your typical last issue, um, kind of wraps up and gets everybody ready for what may or may not be coming next, um, you know, based on kind of what's going on, We see, uh, Iceman kind of pulls himself back together, Northstar and his husband Kyle, or Northstar's trying to, um... Use his, not use his marriage, it's not the only reason he got married, but he's trying to get American citizenship, or at least a residency, I think is the word I'm looking for. So he's not deported back to Canada, and he employs uh, She-Hulk and her lawyer-ness to try to make a case for him. They talk about uh, even though the Defense of Marriage Act was finally declared unconstitutional because he's a a mutant and a superhero and all that, you know, the judge could be a little bit fishy uh, because nothing's ever really normal when you're a superhero. But she's going to do her best. And we see some of that. Uh, But really, the issue is really about Warbird and kind of her evolution and her kind of like balance or realization that Keisha she can be both a warrior and an artist that they can coexist together that's pretty cool that's a pretty good little story there that we have with her yeah that's really pretty much it um <laughs> a lot of dialogue i mean that kind of says all of that and it's pretty well written for the most part so it's interesting kind of wondering where everybody will go um of course, Wolverine's all over the place. Not to worry about that. And Iceman, pretty much the same. I'm pretty sure Northstar is going to be in. Oh, no, I know, I'm almost 100% positive. Northstar will be in the new Amazing X-Men book, which is taking this book's place. And that, of course, will be Wolverine leading a team of X-Men to try to rescue Nightcrawler from wherever or whenever he is. Iceman will also be on that team. I just read somewhere recently that Gambit was going to be in a team book. uh nah, crap. I can't remember what it was, but it was slightly surprising to me. Like, it may have had to do with Avengers of some sort, like maybe Secret Avengers, or... I don't think it was Mighty Avengers. Or maybe it was Uncanny X-Force. I don't remember. Anyway, it was a book... I was a little bit disappointed because it was a book that I don't think I'm reading. And so... I'm hoping Gambit will also uh, still remain a regular cast in the X-Men universe for the immediate future, but we'll see. Karma, don't really like that much, so I don't really care. Um, hopefully she'll just go back to New Mutants or, or something. <laughs> I don't really care what she does. Cecilia Reyes, meh, meh whatever. Uh, I enjoy her when she's around, but it doesn't really matter to me if she's on it current X team or not and Warbird kind of the same I I really enjoy what Marjorie Lou did with Warbird and Jason Aaron a little bit thought it was pretty cool and I like I like it I like her development so I enjoy when I read her I don't know if I didn't read her if I would really miss her I mean, it's kind of the best way I have to describe it I enjoy her when she's there but I don't really ever think man you know what this book could use some more Warbird <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen... She may... Uh, you know, she's in Wolverine and the X-Men from time to time, so she may get a more recurring role over there. I think Jason Aaron enjoys writing her, so she may pop up over there some more. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I will say the art was really good. I hope Walter finds a new home, and I don't know what Lou is doing next. I haven't seen her attached to any big Marvel books coming up in the all-new Marvel now. That's uh, kind of the Marvel now wave two. I haven't seen her on anything. I know she also does some noveling <laughs> and some independent stuff, so she may be moving more towards that. May not be doing as much with Marvel. I'm not really sure. Her, we'll talk about, let's talk about her run. No, Alright, let's talk about Astonishing X-Men overall, like the whole series. Started out pretty awesome. I don't know if you remember way back in 2004 but with the starting x-men number one it kind of picked up the pieces of grant morrison's x-men run used kind of some of those characters some of those threads uh, of course josh whedon uh, kicked it off with john Cassidy. that was a team to be reckoned with the first few arcs were fantastic just really really good uh, the series after whedon left pretty up and down uh, to be honest Kind of became an average series, and then Lou came along, and she's been on it for a while, and her run, I would say, was pretty good, fairly consistently good, never bad, but never really that. I mean, it was really good. It just never really like blew my socks off. I guess is the best way to say it. Pretty much how I would describe and X-Men after Whedon left, because when Whedon was there, loved it. After he left, it was kind of always, I guess the best way to describe Astonishing X-Men as a whole series is for the majority of his existence, it was consistently a middle-of-the-stack book for me. It was never the worst book I bought, by any means. It was never the best book I bought. I mean, it was always kind of like when I went to the store and got my comics. And whether however you, you do your stack doesn't matter. I personally do mine from least interesting to me to most interesting. So the stuff I want to read the most goes on the bottom of my stack. And the stuff I, you know, with my budget, I don't really get anything I don't want to read. But when you, anytime you have more than one of something, something is, is more or less. So the less things I want to read less than others go on the top of my stack. Maybe you do yours the other way around, but regardless, the was always kind of smack dab in the middle of my stack, so that's kind of where it was. But the series overall, I mean, it was definitely worth reading, and we got some nice moments. Uh, Lou gave us some nice moments, and like I said, I did enjoy Walter's little stint there on the end. So hopefully, he'll he'll show up and draw some other stuff. You know what? I don't I don't know if I think they would. I would enjoy seeing him draw a Daredevil book. I think that would be cool. I don't know if that'll happen or not. But that's my, uh, throwing my feather in the hat. Or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I would like to see Walton do Daredevil. So there you go. If anybody cares, that's that's my opinion on the matter. Alright, so as far as this issue, number 68, I'm going to give it three out of six claws. Really good art. Pretty decent story nothing super amazing doesn't really go out with a bang or a whimper it just kind of goes out <laughs> yeah i the average grade of the whole series I think this book kind of falls right in line with where the whole series was so anyway yeah astonishing x-men number 68 three out of six claws. all right let's move on Okay, so last but not least, we have Where's Logan? And surprisingly enough, even though I'm doing, like, the whole month, of course, and I know I I broke things up a little differently in this episode, but I only have one thing. (laughs) That's Deadpool number 18. That's the only place Logan was that we haven't already talked about. Um, Now, I will give a disclaimer. I don't know. I forgot to look. He might have been in that, um... Oh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Infinity the Hunt, I think. The one with all the Avengers and X-Men kids doing dumb stuff. Not reading it at all. I went through one of them and just looked exactly the opposite of a book that I want to read. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a Possibility, he, whenever issue of that came out this month he was in. But I forgot to check. So... Whatever. But he's definitely a Deadpool number 18. And that is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Part 4 of 5. This is written by Brian Posehn and Gary Dugan. Art by Declan Shalvey, Colors by Jordi Belair. Letters by VCs Joe Sabino. Cover is by Shalvey and Belair. And of course we have on the cover, a kind of, I don't know what you call this, it's that kind of propaganda art. And for some reason, there's Japanese, but maybe that's probably Korean, huh? I'm going to assume since they're in Korea, that's Korean. we have a Captain America shield, kind of faded colors, and then in blue shadow, peeking out from behind the shield, we have the upper halves of Deadpool, Captain America, and Wolverine's faces. And then we have white, orange, and yellow lines kind of shooting out from behind the shield. It's a pretty nice cover. I like it quite a bit. All right, so basically, remember... And of course, if you open up, you have Little Deadpool. Um, and that's Little, like Little John. <laughs> or Little Wayne. L I apostrophe L. And he gives us our summary of what's going on. And basically, I remember the butler guy has been harvesting organs from Deadpool in an attempt to find a cure for his sister. And in the meantime, he was selling Deadpool and X Men DNA. I guess to the eyes of Bitter, which in this case was North Korea. And they made a North Korean Deadpool X-Men army. And Wolverine, Captain America, and Deadpool are rescuing them. So we have another flashback, which looks really good. The color work on this is fantastic. Um, Then the Canadian wilderness. Here we get some um, inner dialogue from Wolverine in our Deadpool book. That's pretty cool. Basically, he talks about how fight and flight smell exactly the same. They both smell like fear. We get a nice snicked of a Wolverine running through the the wilderness naked after he escaped from Weapon X. It's, it talks about how captivity and the sheer terror of liberation are kind of two sides of the same coin. It talks about how he remembers being afraid and not much else. Not some mercy. <laughs> Like he was so afraid and so driven, he'd have to think he doesn't remember, like, what he had, was doing at the time. He remembers the emotion. So that was pretty cool. This part's pretty cool. He says, "I escaped my first cage a long time ago. Running from Weapon X took days, but I've been running from the beasts they created for my entire life. I fought like hell to become a man." I won't let some mad scientist in a cheap suit take my humanity again, but I'm glad my students don't have eyes on me now. And I see him running side by side with his uh, Deadpool counterpart. So basically what we mean by that is he took X-Men DNA and Deadpool DNA and put it on these prisoners. So you have cheap wannabe X-Men costumes and powers, but they have Deadpool's elysian skin all over it. <laughs> Wolverine calls them the Cuckoo's Nest X-Men. And basically says they have a tough fight ahead of them, But they're going to lean on Captain America. He's going to be a pain in the ass. Uh, he says there are days I want to punch him right in that big white A on his head. But not now. Now we need to lean on him. So he's got kind of Captain America's leading the charge. Uh, but Deadpool has an idea. Let's just give him what they want. He takes his mask off. Goes to Surrender. Butler and the North Korean guy go outside to see what's going on. And realize, wait a second, that's not Deadpool. But it is the Deadpool Cyclops. And he pulls off his mask and blasts them all. We get a big zark, And so the North Korean guy goes up. He's going to shoot the Cyclops guy. And the Deadpool jumps over the fence. He says, it's raining men. <laughs> it's raining men. Hallelujah. And he cuts the guy and asks where Butler is. The guy says, Go to hell. Deadpool says, That's where we're at, and cuts him in half pretty much. Slices him right through the stomach. And Butler's like, No, no, I'm too close. I almost got her. And he tries to sneak by Wolverine. And Wolverine smells him, says, Don't move. But he ducks into a, a pipe and in, behind a secure door just in time. So there's Camp 23. There's some mines. And the guards are going to execute all the prisoners, which make up the families. Of the Deadpool X-Men. And also, supposedly, Deadpool's baby mama and his daughter he didn't know he had. But Captain America jumps in front of a flamethrower and blocks it with his shield. And that panel looks awesome. The art in the the book overall is very good. And that's an amazing panel. And then Deadpool takes out all, all the guards there. And Captain America leads the prisoners out. And Deadpool gets up to the vault door, but he can't get in. And we would see someone fighting, and then the Deadpool Wolverine gets shot in the head. Uh, Wolverine's like, he'll heal, right? And the Deadpool Nightcrawl comes up and says, no. His brain is incapable of regenerating like the rest of his body. It stays damaged. This part is kind of gross. He says, did you know that his body tries to quote-unquote heal every orifice as though they were all wounds? It would bring him peace for you to end him now. And we can get another snicked. As Wolverine uh, puts the mortally wounded Deadpool Wolverine out of his misery. And so we see some of the prisoners have escaped, but not all of them. Deadpool is going to try to find his family. Uh, a lot of the Deadpool X-Men are horrified because their families are dead. And Deadpool holds up, a, holds up a sign and says, Carmelina plus what's her name? Sorry, I'm late. Wolverine tries to stop Deadpool. He smells a lot of death. And a guy runs by and says, Everybody else is dead. So I guess Cap, they got some of the prisoners where they didn't keep all of them from being executed or burned. Like There's a pit full of burned bodies and Deadpool goes goes down into it. And I think he finds the girl that he's swept with and he's trying to see if his daughter's in there. Of course, I don't think he would know who she was anyway. And he kind of loses it. And then we go to the end and we see Butler is talking to his sister and basically says... We did it. They're going to be okay. And of course, we have another hilarious letters page. There are a lot of good jokes in that issue, like I said, with Deadpool. Pretty much have said this every time we've covered it. I'm not going to say them all because it's too many. I don't want to just read the book to you. But I, I always enjoy the letters page. Uh, Deadpool answers the letters very sarcastically. Um, yeah, so this one. I'm going... I got a little confused because I thought when and they'll save the prisoners... And then these other prisoners all showed up dead. It was a little bit confusing on what exactly was going on there. Uh, but the art was really good. Uh, the story was quite good still. I'm going to give it. Huh, even with Six Claws, I'm a little bit torn. I gave myself more options and I still want to go between two. <laughs> I'm going to give it four out of Six Claws. The whole, like, I don't know. That was a good chapter of, of what's been a really good story. I definitely want to see how it ends. So, but yeah, I'm going to give Deadpool 18 four out of six claws. All right, cool. Okay, so that's going to do it for October 2013. All the Wolverine books are in the book. And that's it. Wrapped up. Wrapped up. We had a lot. And I got to say, okay, so Wolverine. He did his whole time traveling thing of A- in Age of Ultron and messed it up and kind of inadvertently led to Infinity and half of the galaxy wanting to destroy Earth because we keep messing with the time stream. Wolverine an Uncanny Avengers is also responsible for the apocalypse because he killed Doc and his son and Sabretooth leaked the video and everybody turned against the mutants and the Avengers. Oh dear. Because Wolverine is on both. So there's another bad future in this Wolverine's fault. This, Battle of the Atom, bad future caused by Wolverine and Cyclops' schism. So that's Age of Ultron, Infinity, Ragnarok Now, or however you say that, and Battle of the Atom that are all being partially pegged on Wolverine. I'm glad it's his birthday next year because this is not his year. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Wolby. Yeah, he's having a rough go of it. All right, so let's let's get out of here. Let's do our uh, obligatory plugs. Like us on Facebook. Leave an iTunes review. Like us on Facebook. Uh, Twitter is at SnickCast. The webpage for show notes is uh, snickcast.podbean.com. And you can email snipcast at yahoo.com. All right, we've talked about a lot, and I think you should have a lot of theories and opinions about it. So if so wake up. Wake up. <laughs> Let us know about what you think about Killable and all that other stuff that we covered. <laughs> but more importantly, why don't you get on the bandwagon and tell me some things you would like to see as a direct result of Battle of the Atom now that it's over what characters do you like to see do what what storylines you think are obvious choices
0: and who agrees with me that young jean old jean whatever jean
1: is yes. annoying are you on team denise or team jean
0: yeah team d
1: yeah so um anyway let your voices be heard and i will share them You can do that on Facebook, Twitter, or email. And we can get some conversations going on the Facebook page or Twitter. Or you can email me and I can read it in the next podcast. So, speaking of next podcast, I'm not sure which order. But next will either be the first half of November or the flashback episodes. It'll be Wolverine's fifth birthday. Nice. So, either way, it'll be a great episode. As usual, they're all awesome. All right. Well, until next time. Hugs and snicks. Bye.